I'm Dr. Future, your host. I invite you to join me as together we experience a future quake. quake, quake, quake. Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I am Tom Latterain Bionic. You part of that Latterain? Latterain, Latterain. I don't I don't know that song. Know. It's a, it's actually a take off of that Prince tune Purple Rain. He did okay. The whole movie. Thanks. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Future Quake Show. You've probably surmised that this is not your typical Christian talk radio show, and you would be right. Uh, but we have some very great guests that are with us. Uh, today we have Dr. Joseph Chambers, who is the director of Paul Creek Ministries. And we're going to be talking about the threat from popular false itching ears teachings of the church. That's my little term itching there from the Bible. Itching ears, itching ears. Yeah. What the, uh, I don't uh, think that'll be a hit uh, song. Itching ears, We're going to talk about ears. a number of ministries... <laughs> figured that would where's where's your volume yeah, I can turn okay, that down sorry. uh we're going to be talking about a number of big trends that some of you in our audience may not even be familiar with but it's happening everywhere yeah i know man particularly I got... if you read like charisma magazine or christianity today i'm sure you're familiar with it it's sort of like the emergent church it's this thing out of regular channels that's just like taken off ball stuff it's crazy well i guess we know where you stand with it now well, I just got exposed. Now, you mean that subtly and very in tenderness, right? Yeah, I right? mean that in the best way possible. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, well, actually, that will be a much gentler way of referring to it than what our guest does, Dr. Chambers. This is Chambers. true. This is true. I think he doesn't mince words uh, as much. Uh, yeah. Well, I it's it's interesting that we're doing, doing the show. Uh, it's sort of timely for me in that I've just started, just in the last couple of weeks, become exposed to all of this weirdness. Really? Yeah. You yeah. haven't like converted over to it, have you? No. Oh, okay. I I remember watching somebody on TV, mm-hmm. uh, and I was watching him. I was uh, uh, brother Chris White of you know, mm-hmm. he was he was there. He's not that weird. No, and I was. Oh, like, you were just there with him. Yeah, I flipped okay. the TV on, and I I was watching this guy, and I said, that guy looks like he's possessed, and he's like, you don't know him. He's got this huge ministry. Yeah. All these people love him. Yeah. And I listened to him for about 30 seconds, and I went, yeah, he's... So you've been missing out. He's something wrong with him. We're going to be talking about some stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of weird things going on in the church. Of course, you know, that's sort of where you stand. I'm, I'm sure we would classify by the majority of Christians as part of that weird stuff yeah, but in we our like own way. the Bible and stuff. But so we actually believe in the authority of Scripture, and a yeah. lot of people think that's crazy. But uh, if you are like us, and you believe in the preeminence of Scripture... Uh, you need to be aware of what we're going to talk about in this show because Dr. Chambers has written a chapter in the book we've talked about here that Tom Horn is publishing, and I've written a chapter for. Mm-hmm. The book's called How to Overcome the Most Frightening Issues You Will Face in the Next Century. And in that, uh, this gentleman writes a chapter on called Occultianity, Dominionism, and Institutional Collapse. And he basically summarizes... These different things of the latter rain revival, Elijah's army, and similar kind of things, and dominionism, how it ties into it. And we're going to be talking about that in the show. It's a topic we've never really we've never covered really in five years on yeah. here. But, you know, as he will say in here, they estimate about 10 million adherents to this movement. That's crazy. So we dare not uh, ignore it. I've, I've looked into some of these people, and I just... I'm, uh, it, it doesn't... He puts the dot... He connects the dots better than anybody ever had, mm-hmm. but I've... 
looked at a few of them and went, wow, they're really weird. Well, I think the message is plain and clear here, like in other things. When you get away from the authority of Scripture, things go downhill pretty quick. No kidding. I mean, you know, the Scripture could even take crazy guys like you and me and try to keep us in line. You know, I mean, it. Uh, when we come Let back to Scripture, at least that puts rain. bounds onto some <laughs> some of the crazy stuff that yeah, you know we no go. Kidding. But it, we we try to always go back in the lens of Scripture, mm-hmm. and uh, these people are not so restricted, and so they're basically writing their own doctrine as they go, in their own cosmology. It would be nice if you could get away with that, but sadly. That's totally illogical. Well, there's, yeah, and there's going to be a big price to pay for them. Yes, and those who the follow least. them mm-hmm. for this. This show is not meant to just kick people and condemn them. It's meant to be a warning. And if you're leading that way, uh, I want you to listen to this whole show, particularly at the end. Yeah. And uh, uh, see if you have a different view. So, with no further ado, here's Dr. Joseph Chambers, director of Paul Creek Ministries, talking about the threat from false, popular false itching ears teachings of the church. And then we'll back to wrap it up here on Future Quake. Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I'm Dr. Future. And I am Tom, not a Dominionist, Bionic. Great, succinct little name this week, Tom. I wouldn't we, want to get too long. We have a great guest with us this week. Uh, we have Dr. Joseph Chambers, who is the director of Paul Creek Ministries, as well as a number of other Christian activities he's involved with. And we're going to talk this week about the threat from popular false itching ears teachings of the church. And it's going to be a, a very important discussion we have. And Dr. We're going Chambers, to be rich. No, we're not, going to, we're not going to be rich, <laughs> only rich in spirit. Dr. Chambers, I'm already rich. <laughs> Dr. Chambers, it is a pleasure to have you as our guest for your first visit to the Future Quake show. Well, it's a joy to be on with you. I, uh, I love being on radio, television, Internet, uh, just you know anything that the Lord may open the door for, talk shows, etc. I was in a talk show last week that was quite an experience. Uh, all the music before I was on was uh, I'm hard rock, and I'm I'm not really a, a fan of hard rock, but I was there and I stayed because I was going to get to preach the gospel to the whole crowd, and it sure. was fun. You didn't participate as a hard rock singer. You know, it just didn't strike a chord with me. <laughs> but, and, to begin with, I never heard a word from uh, from an hour of singing that I even understood. Not one <laughs> single word. Uh, and 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 I'm I'm a 73 year old man. I love good music, but I don't like music that's full of psychedelic psychedelic ideas and all kinds of uh, of Satanism. No, no, no. I don't fit my my appetite. I just worship God and right. love Him. Well, you know, uh, Brother Paul probably didn't want to hang around all those Athenians either. You know, there at Mars Mars Hill when he spoke. But he found an opportunity to preach the gospel. He stayed there long enough to tell the story, didn't he? That's exactly right. And maybe pick up a euro, too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Who knows? I became aware of your ministry uh, quite recently through your recent contribution of a chapter of written material to the new Tom Horn published book called How to Overcome the Most Frightening Issues You Will Face in the Next Century, which is a book I've also contributed to as well. Uh, To begin our discussion uh, today, would you please share with our audience a very brief capsule about your background and current positions of service and how you came to be associated with Mr. Horn. You know, I am an old classical Pentecostal. Uh, I would say 57 years ago, when I was when I was born again from an alcoholic family, uh, tobacco farmers uh, down in the country, 
uh, I couldn't even I couldn't even read when I was converted. I was a, a school dropout and just a farm boy that knew how to plow old Pete. That was the old mule of ours, and and do those kind of things. And 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 just wonderfully, I heard the gospel, and Jesus Christ uh, invited me into His kingdom. And I guess I knew from the first day I was saved, or as soon as I could think in a realistic way, that I was called to preach. That, that the, the Lord had saved me to be a, a preacher and to preach the gospel. So I've been doing that over 50 years now, and uh, you know the work of the Lord has just grown and and and, and continued. Uh, I began to study the Bible devotedly uh, once I was converted and truly born again. As I said, I learned to read the King James Bible and devoted myself to it. Uh, and began to study prophecy. I remember in the old churches where I was saved, there was always a prophecy conference once a year. And so I learned to love prophecy immediately as soon as I was converted. Love the book of Revelation, Daniel, you know, all the prophetic right. truths of the Bible. So I've just, you know, grown up in the Bible. Okay, that's wonderful. Now, how, how did you get hooked up with Tom Horn? Well, I met Tom I think to uh, to Terry. Um, oh gracious! I was Terry, Terry say, James. Terry James. I met Tom through Terry James. I think, and I'm not even sure. I was looking for a publisher for my latest book, which is a novel, Nebuchadnezzar: The Hit of Gold, uh, and got introduced to Tom, and so I partnered partnered with him to publish that book. And now, of course, he took over the publishing of a book I had done two years ago called The Masterpiece. Right. A very no-nonsense study of the book of Revelation. And so now I'm involved with him as a publisher and then wrote a chapter for this book. Okay. Well, that's wonderful. Uh, in fact, uh, Brother Tom is uh, scheduled currently to be on next week on our show. And uh, talking a little bit about some of his new publications, this book, and some big announcements. Uh, that well, you tell him that he's got to talk about my book a little bit. Oh, okay, we'll prod him about that. Uh, and we'll have your links on our website, too, so people will know. We'll, we'll, we'll chat about I'll, We'll, we'll chat about that book. Yeah, sorry. Okay, I'm 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 not sure there. I I don't hear you as well as I do, Tom. Okay. Uh, but uh, my link is www.paulcreek. P a w s p a w c r e e k. Paulcreek.org. Not com now, but dot org. Sure, and we'll have that we'll have that link uh, online here soon. We made a little adjustment here in the studio. Hopefully you'll hear. Oh hear man, me you sound better. Well, it's only so good you can make Dr. Future sound. Yeah. I'm sure that you, you're supposed to sound like you're off in a barrel, aren't you? Yeah. We, we, twisted, we twisted one of the bolts in his neck. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Well, great. He sure does sound better. I, I hope he thinks better. Well, I heard I'm that. sorry. I'm just kidding there. You're, you're sounding like Mrs. Future there. Uh, how would you describe the purpose of your ministry? And, and your goals that you think the Lord has given you to accomplish through your ministry? I'm a Bible teacher and a soul winner. So the primary two things that God has called me to do is do my best to win the lost at any cost and to teach them the wonderful truths of the Bible, to help people get back into a Bible which is infallible and dependable, a Bible that they can take every word literal and live by every word. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God, Matthew 5 and 5. And I believe that with all my heart. Mm -hmm. All right. And I know you have many dimensions to your ministry uh, that we can talk about. One of them I want to ask you about uh, is that you're in the same type of media we are. 
I understand you have a, a radio broadcast called Open Bible Dialogue. Can you explain what the purpose of it is and the scope of that show? Well, you know, uh, Open Bible Dialogue was begun before there was much talk show going on. We actually are over 40 years continuous broadcasting of Open Bible Dialogue. Uh, the the home station is the same uh, a flagship station it was to start with. A man moved into town, bought a station that had belonged to to, to um, uh, Jimmy Swagger. Uh, he bought that station. For over 40 years ago, and I met him immediately because I was doing a 30-minute weekly broadcast. And one day I just walked in and said, I've got a dream. I want to do an, a broadcast that's an open mic talk show. And he said, you're crazy as a bat. I said, I know, but I want to try it. And so let's do it. And I said, the time I've chosen is 1 o'clock on Saturday to 2 o'clock. And he said, that, that's a terrible time. I said, well, everything about it sounds terrible to you. Let's try it. So we tried it one Saturday, and it was so big, he, he couldn't believe it. He called me when the program was over and said, I can't believe this. this. This is going to go. This is a bang. And it's been a bang for over 40 years. And yeah. now we are worldwide, of course, on the Internet, a number of stations. We get multiple, multiple hits. Uh, and it really is a it's an open mic program. I just talk about the Bible, open mm. Bible dialogue. Mm. I sit there with an open Bible, and I invite any question on the face of God's earth that comes out of the Bible. And I always say to people, my theme is if the Bible doesn't speak, only fools dare to tread. <laughs> so if you ask me a question that doesn't have a Bible answer, I will give you no answer. Mm -hmm. Now, now, do you take call-ins or people email questions? How do they do that? We do both. We have okay. call-ins and emails. Okay. Both, and of course, get lots of, lots of mail by the snail mail. Well, we might have to drop in there one of these times. We'd like to. Uh... Oh, we'll we'll think about that. Certainly, we'll, will. We'll... Depending on a theme, I'm doing a theme right now on on. Uh, 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 America's roadmap to destruction. Hmm. You better wow. do it quick, man. <laughs> I know. I mean, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, we got a lot of destructive powers at work. That's for sure. That, that's a type fast. That's a recurring theme. We talk, and people yeah. get tired of hearing us talk here in Future Quake about Revelation 18 and about the fact that the kings of the earth and the great merchants of the earth conspire together and use sorcery. They use pharmakia by yeah. which to deceive the nations of the earth. And you would think we're already in the tribulation by what's going on all over the world. Yeah, and it's it can only get worse. And I shudder to think, but there's time for people to repent. Time, the, the, it's time to be in the fields working uh, right now. Absolutely. And, and I want to jump right into the main source of our topic tonight because it's more than enough to be a show full uh, related to what you wrote in your particular uh, chapter. Uh, you, you focused in, in, in your chapter in this book that I've mentioned on eight concepts uh, in this chapter entitled Occultianity, Dominionism, and Institutional Collapse uh, yep. in this uh, aforementioned book pertaining to what you, I believe you called it in there the New Wave Revival. Yes. Uh, to begin, could you describe the first concept uh, as we go through each of these uh, from, from your, your writing called the Latter Rain Revival? Now, we have, we have a mixture in our audience of people who come from a Pentecostal background and are familiar with these terms, and some who come from a non-Pentecostal. We have leadership from the Southern Baptist Convention and Lifeway Bookstores and a lot of universities that listen locally to our show. So we have a mixture that, that actually may not be that aware of it. So could you describe what this whole Latter Rain Revival is about and the history of, of its movement and the impact and uh, you know even the estimated number of ad, uh, adherents to uh, this particular movement? 
you know, the new, the, the whole idea of the new wave revival or the latter rain outpouring, uh, goes back to Joel. Joel prophesied that there would be a early and a latter rain. And then Peter picked up on that in the second chapter of Acts and made it very clear that the early rain was at that very moment occurring right there in the upper room, right there in the, in the city of Jerusalem. Uh, and, and of course the latter, the, the early rain has continued for over thousand years. Every great revival has been a part of the early rain outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But there is a latter rain outpouring. Now, I do not believe that latter rain outpouring has occurred yet. And one of the great controversies over the last 100 years has been different groups at different moments declaring that they were part or they were the force of the latter rain. Actually, the Jesus-only movement came out of that. Uh, then you had the apostolic movement that came out of that and and you had numbers of movement and now here we are in the end when you got prophets everywhere declaring and proclaiming that they are the latter rain movement now the truth of it is that latter rain outpouring of the holy spirit does not begin until somewhere very near the rapture or very shortly after the rapture i believe the latter rain is connected in, in and around the the day of the rapture the coming of the lord I believe the conversion of millions of Muslims will take place after the war of Gog and Magog. When the, the nations, the nations of the Muslims who come against Jerusalem will themselves be destroyed. There will probably be as many as 20 to 30 nations that will be no more. And I just wrote today that Allah will no longer be a God when the God, when the war of Gog and Magog is over. He will be so this, he will be so destroyed and so and so alliterated that people will hiss when you even mention the name of the Islamic religion. Do Dr. Chambers, a, Dr. Chambers, are yes. you referring also to the passages that say in time that Egypt will be known by God as my people and the yes. people of Syria as my handiwork? Well, that, that will happen during the thousand years. The only free nation left in the Middle East during the thousand-year millennial reign is Assyria, Egypt, and Jerusalem. I've said that often. I have never heard that description tying it to, to the millennium. That's the first time I've actually heard that connection to it. Well, you see, what happened in Iraq, the removal of Saddam Hussein, has awakened the Assyrians up in the northern part of Iraq. Right. And they are uniting. They are, they're, they're coming to the forefront. Uh, and they are actually going to be one of the three nations during the thousand-year millennial reign. And so this great sovereign latter reign that's coming is going to... It's going to occur all during the tribulation period. There'll be thousands converted during the seven-year tribulation. They'll be martyred. I mean, every convert during the seven years will be subject to be martyred. Mm -hmm. And I, I believe they will be viciously slain. And then that revival will continue right on in the millennium mm -hmm. because there's going to be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And, and Peter, Peter said it in Acts 2 and made it clear there'd be signs in the sun and the moon and, and all of these great events that would be, would be happening, that's never occurred. Mm -hmm. And it's got to occur during the true coming latter rain outpouring. I'm praying that that latter rain outpouring will start before the rapture, that I can be a part of seeing a multitude of souls saved. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, I, do you tie this to the prophecy in Joel 
about uh, the seeing dreams and visions and, and the other signs. Absolutely. Even the signs on the sun, moon, and sky, which Absolutely. shows that there's more than just things going on in people's hearts. There's yeah, also even signs things, in the heavens. Yeah. Right, signs in the oh, heavens. There's, there's going to be events. We, we just, you know, people who don't believe in the supernatural today, they really are missing it because the rapture is one of the greatest supernatural events there ever will be. And then immediately after that, uh, the Bible says the heavens will depart and be rolled up like a scroll. I believe that relates to the second heavens. See, the third heaven is where God's throne is. The atmosphere above us is where we receive our breath. But the second heavens is the domain of the old devil. Satan is the prince the power of the air. He's going to be cast out of that, cast mm-hmm. down to the earth, and that second heavens is going to fade, and, and the wicked during this tribulation will actually be able to look up and see the throne of God in the heavens. Mm. Wow. Well, now, it's very interesting that, I, that I'm going to hear you make the comments. I've already read in your, your writings, and we'll, we'll, you'll talk about in this show, because, as you mentioned, you're staunchly in the Pentecostal tradition. Oh, but, I'm and, an old classical Pentecostal. <laughs> and many many of these adherents... Uh, of which I think, if I read correctly, you mentioned up to 50 million people are estimated to be associate themselves with this latter rain movement. Is that? Oh, it, that that was a figure I read recently. I don't even remember now where I read it. Right. But there are millions of people that have bought into the Kenneth Copeland, the the Rick Joyner, and all of these different movements of uh, latter rain dominion thinking people. They actually are post millennialist. They mm-hmm. they really right. are back into an old Catholic doctrine of yeah. post millennialism. Well, we're going to talk really about too bad. We're going to talk about each of those elements. But I okay. want to make sure people understand that coming from the from the Pentecostal understanding, you have no question about appreciating the supernatural activity, the work of the Holy Spirit oh, in, no. in individuals' life, in corporately, in groups, and in changing the society we live and things like this. But yet what these people are, are doing, that we'll be talking about this movement, you see that they've taken these concepts and take them outside of the biblical the exactly. bounds or constraints of what we're guided to by Scripture itself, if I understand it. I think that's what how you're you're going to refer to this in this discussion. So Absolutely. this latter rain revival, if I understand it right, has an understanding that something big is happening right now. Uh, exactly. Prior to these events, sun, moon, and sky, and things like that, there's something else going on right now. And you've got a lot of pastors and other people that are making a name for themselves, having big crusades. Uh, it's gotten to be sort of a big deal that they're they're, they're, they're sitting, get, getting people fired up that there's something big moving afoot that's going to change things that have gone on in the church so far. Dr. That, that Future, w- what, what is sad is that crowd of post-millennialists and dominion theologists, they are actually going to serve the Antichrist and be part of his army. And they're going, to, they're going to promote him, and they're going to require the mark of the beast, and they're getting ready to 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 use their swords. He, he, one of their great one of their great tokens that they use as a symbol of their movement is a sword, you know. And and you, I've been in churches, and the picture inside the lobby is not of Christ or or something that has spiritual overtones, but a sword, because they're getting ready to fight. They're going to be Joel's army. They think. Well, right. Joel's army is not but nothing but a bunch of demons in Revelation chapter nine. Right. Well, we're going to we're going to ref, by the time we go through each of these eight concepts you have, it'll be much clearer to people why you can make such an accusation because it's a very strong accusation. 
uh, regarding a large group of people who who claim to profess Christ, who who have a lot of momentum behind and them. And a lot of them good people. A lot of resources. They're just caught up in a false movement. Uh, but but to make that kind of strong a claim, you have to put all the pieces together, and I think people will be able to seriously consider your assertion after we get through each one of these. We're back at Future Quake with Dr. Future. Tom, it's time to perhaps cut that malignant growth off. Bionic. One of the more intriguing middle names I think we've heard in the history of Future Quake. From that is, you. That's going to be a very cryptic one that I'm going to refuse to explain, like most of the, most, the many of the very uh, cryptic ones. There'll be tens of thousands of people out there debating this across the internet. I see. I'll see. I see several separate threads on World of Prophecy uh-huh. over this one. Chris Pinto will probably make a documentary trying to explain <laughs> what the mystery of it is. Yeah. Uh, so we've had our first installment mm-hmm. with Dr. Joseph Chambers. Yes. Uh, very interesting gentleman. He he's very much your old school kind of preacher. Gonna, I was going like to say what I'm used to growing up. An old classical Pentecostal. Yeah, and right. he calls I, himself I, I, that. Self-described. Yes. Yeah, it, which I think his authority carries more measure, given that a lot of things we're talking about largely can be talked about as spin-offs from the Pentecostal movement or charismatic mm-hmm. movement. Yeah. And as he says later in our show, uh, traditional evangelicals, non-Pentecostal, also have skeletons in their closet, which are also equally bad. We're just speaking about this particular topic yeah. this week. and. So, you know, he carries weight because coming from that, he recognizes that you can focus so much on the gifts and the power of the Holy Spirit and and to do things to advance the kingdom, you know, beyond where we were in the New Testament church. Mm-hmm. But when you deviate from the the cosmology, the bounds of Scripture, it's a surefire way to perdition. Dude, you said a mouthful. Uh, yeah. As, as I... As I intimated earlier, I've just become aware of some of these people here recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, although Rick Joyner, I've known he was kind of outside, mm-hmm. the outside the bounds of scriptural. He is the it. guy who's really been behind Todd Bentley, and mm-hmm. now they're trying to restore him. And you're always supposed to restore a brother, yeah. but what they're trying to do is someone who's done all these horrible things and restore him back into a leadership position again. Well, what's especially interesting—I don't think about, they're doing him any favor. What's especially interesting about Rick Joyner is that there's been several, uh, several things published that seem to seem to point that he is part of one of the Luciferian, the Luciferian side of the Knights of Malta. Rick Joyner? Yeah, somebody. Really? I read, a, I read a really weird story about Rick Joyner and the Knights of Malta, and of course, the Eastern yeah. European branch of the Knights of Malta make no bones about them being a Luciferian. Right? Yeah, right. Um, if you could bring that with you sometime for a news thing, that'd yeah, be an interesting. Gonna, now that we've put his name out there officially in the show, mm-hmm. we need to follow up with it. Yeah, that would let me be, see if I can find I it. I think I have seen that too. Maybe watching a prayer site or something yeah, like that. Yeah. I've seen something, but Knights of Malta are an intriguing group in and of themselves, from what I've read. I wonder if we could get somebody on to talk about. You know, them. guess else, who else is connected to them? Chris Pinto. Uh, no, not Chris Pinto. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. He'll I come in he here was... and whoop us. Yeah, he's a tough uh, guy. He's big. I believe Eric Prince. Is a member of the Knights of Malta. Oh, you know that would surprise me. Blackwater. You know, it's funny. We should do. I know we got. I know we got to go. But I believe Rick, Eric Prince may be a Sabbatean. Okay. Well, let's come back talk mm-hmm. tomorrow. We got to get Mervin to tell you how to listen to us here. Contact us here at Future Quake. Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Doctor Future and Tom Bionic at Doctor Future at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. 
Tell us your name, city, and radio station or internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Okay, we got just a few seconds. Okay, let's get out of here. Come back tomorrow. We've got more to talk about. Till then, we hope your future's bright. Have a good day. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. quake, quake, quake. Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I am Tom, not a Sabbatan, bionic. Wow, that ties back to our cryptic ending of yesterday's show. Indeed. I don't know if we have time to really get into Eric Prince. Probably not. Of being a Sabbatan. But we need to do that in a new segment because yeah. we don't have much time today, but I'm mm-hmm. glad we had connection. Yeah. That we need to talk about that further. What, mm-hmm. what brought all this up was the Knights of Malta mm-hmm. and the fact you mentioned Rick Joyner may have a connection there. Mm-hmm. And we'll let our listeners do some Googling to find out if they can learn more about that. Yeah. And email us if you if do. Somebody, yeah, can, if somebody comes up with either of those articles, or, well, yeah. Sabatane is my theory, but Rick Joyner, uh, Knights of Malta, if you find that, send it to us. Yeah. Or we just get Rick on the show and ask him. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, someone we do have is Dr. Joseph Chambers, who is the director of Paul Creek Ministries. Uh, and he's talking about the threat from popular false itching ears teachings of the church. I itching added the itching ears. ears. Itching People ears. People hearing what they want to hear. Yeah. Uh, what, what you're going to hear about, in essence, are several different aspects of a movement that basically says you can get power now. Uh, it's sort of embraced. It takes a few words out of the Bible, sort of mixes it in to show that there's something happened that's really big, uh, and you just happen to be lucky enough to be here. Listen to these leaders. They've been anointed by God. Don't ask questions about them. Uh, just go be powerful and go knock down stuff. Well, and they do crazy stuff, some of these pastors, too. They like kicking people in the head. And, you know. Yeah, Todd Bentley in particular. He, yeah. he would like people, if you have cancer, like in the stomach, he'd kick you in the stomach wow. and knock you down and stuff like that. That's crazy. Yeah. That whole thing Which is we've, very, Which we've very never weird. done that once here. Uh, we've got faces built for radio and bodies built for wheelchairs. <laughs> Some listeners say they feel like they've been kicked in the head after listening to Future Quake. But, I sometimes uh, feel like that. Ho- hopefully in the spirit. Yeah. Well, with no further ado, here's Dr. Joseph Chambers uh, talking about these false teachings of the church, and then we'll be right back to wrap it up here on Future Quake. We, uh, initially, now we've established there's, there's this latter rain revival that is creating a large number of people outside the bounds of traditional churches. Uh, they're, they're forming these, these separate sort of parachurch groups, although I'm, I'm sure it's crept into certain high-profile churches. But, but they're creating these kind of events that are happening. Uh, and then it leads us into the second concept we have, which is called okay. uh, the second concept of the new wave you cite pertains to the restoration of the prophetic and apostolic ministries. Can, can you explain what this means and the key well, we're components? talking about I'm sorry. That's Forgive okay. me. I am such a talker. Uh, <laughs> if I don't be careful, I get ahead of you. Well, that makes two of us. And I'm thinking I'm thinking above you there. Go ahead and uh, say that again and let me try to keep myself calm here. Well, there, there's some key components that people give. Many of our audience are not aware of any of this. And so they need to be aware of things like, for example, the Kansas City Prophets. A lot of people are not familiar with what that is. And, and you cite some very intriguing uh, key texts that have been published that are cited, like something called Vigilantes of Christendom and even a concept called the Phineas Priest. So can you touch on those Whoa. different things and, and describe <laughs> about 
what this whole concept of the restoration of the prophets and apostolic ministries. You're talking about a great big thing when you talk about what do they believe concerning the, the, the revival of all kinds of prophets and all kinds of priesthood. Now, you know, I'm prophets. I believe in great men of God. I believe the, the fivefold ministry has never gone out of business. I believe there are wonderful men who are prophets of God over the world. But they are but they are prophets of God in the in, in the in the fullness of the scripture and not off on some uh, on some tangent. And you got these guys who are on a tangent like Rick Joyner who who took a trip up through the sky in one of his uh, astral travel experiences and he saw Apostle Paul and when he saw Apostle Paul, he he ran up to him and said, "Oh, Apostle Paul, I've been waiting to meet him, meet you." And Apostle Paul stopped Rick Jonah and said, "Now, Rick, wait a minute, wait a minute, back up, Rick. It's us who've been waiting to meet you, Rick, not you waiting to meet us." And Paul, according to Rick Jonah's uh, testimony, told him that he had the fullness of the Word of God, and all they had was part of it. And so here you have this crowd of uh, vigilantes and uh, priesthood, and these men all into new theologies and new doctrines doing a new thing, and they're coming up with concepts that is more like astral travel and and Star Wars, or you know uh, some of these uh, some of these uh, uh, crazy ideas within within television today. It fits that a lot better than it fits the Bible. And they offer into these concepts of who they are and the building of their great machinery, uh, spiritually speaking. And they actually believe that at some point, all of these different concepts, they're going to become uh, sons of God in a sense of being glorified right here on the earth. They're just simply going to move into glorification without dying, without resurrection. Just, And that's how they're going to set up their dominion kingdom. They're going to set up a thousand-year kingdom like the Catholics thought, except they wasn't quite as, as wild with it as these, uh, as these uh, so-called prophets are. Do- and, Dr. And Chambers, they- Dr. Yes. Chambers, are these people generally self-appointed? They, no, there's nobody else to appoint them. Now, they do appoint one <laughs> another point. occasionally. Did you not hear of this guy uh, that recently down in Florida in Pensacola, Pensacola area who really became this big prophet? Uh, and I'm trying to say his name here, and there's so many names involved. And a, and a, a large group of these men, like Rick Joyner and uh, Peter Wagner and oh, the guy up in Kansas uh, and, and you know, the, the men in Kansas City and and then the ones up at Toronto, they all went down to appoint this man a prophet. They appointed him a prophet one week, and two weeks later they found him with a woman. Uh, he had been running around with her for a year or more, and at, at, at that point he left his wife. Yes. Right now Rick Jones is trying to reintroduce yeah. him and, and, and disciple him back yeah. into ministry with you're, his second wife. You're, you're talking about Todd Bentley, correct? Todd Bentley, right. Now, he was the one who would use lots of profanity and kick people in the chest. Yeah, yeah. He was praying for one woman, and, and, and the Lord told him to kick her in the mouth, and he did, of course, and... And when he did, God healed her. Okay, you know, so, that, so these, right. these self-appointed prophets are the kind of people that want to demonstrate they're hearing clearly from God and their leadership by picking people like Todd Bentley. Is that the example we're supposed to decide of how clearly they're hearing from something God like, in their, in their discernment? Culture. That's exactly what I said. I said that Todd Bentley is a perfect example 
of the insanity of this whole crowd. They are revealing their ignorance and their total inability to discern right and wrong or even the scripture by by declaring this man a prophet. And that was before he had ran off with a woman that I said that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just all, it's insane stuff. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, totally it, insane. It seems to me that this exposes more, the whole event with Todd Bentley exposes Somewhat about Todd, but more so about the people who have anointed Todd. It sure does. It Peter was... Wagner used to be a very reputable man. I met him many years ago at a big meeting with the denomination I was part of. And he had a good reputation. Wrote a book, The Pentecostals Are Coming. Uh, wrote that years ago because he'd studied the Pentecostals in South America and saw the great good that at that point was coming from their ministry. And see, he, uh, he just somehow got involved with the, the wildness of this crowd and, and, and just down, down, down the, the, the pipes those men have gone. And you know that one of their big men, I mean, this guy was, was declared their top prophet. His name was Paul Cain. They recently found that he was a homosexual and an alcoholic. And they had to dismiss him right here in Charlotte. Uh, and, and that was, uh, Rick, Rick Joyner that did that. I mean, he exposed him. And, and Rick, of course, I've been exposing Rick for many years. I went to see him personally and told him he was full of demons. Mm. And he, I guess he didn't take that well. No, he didn't like that for some reason. Yeah. How did the demons feel about it? <laughs> Uh, they were they they were glad to be identified. They to, told you to mind, told you to mind your own business. Yeah. I bet. Well, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, not 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 to make light of this, but the, the the this whole Kansas City connection that I see them refer to called the the Kansas City Prophets. What is it? What happened there that formed the genesis of a lot of this? Well, it, it, it all goes back to new wave. It goes back to new theologies. It goes back to the idea that the Bible is just a dusty old book, uh, that God used to be in the Bible, but now God is in new things. You know, that was the man who wrote the book, uh, The God Chasers. He said the Bible is where God used to be. The new theology is where God is. And that's, that's the basic concept right there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, now, I understand that they even have been referring. They're, they're always looking for something new to get the crowd riled up, something new to, to get them all excited and going. You, you almost sort of have to come up with your own gimmick teaching to carve out a niche and get a lot of people coming to your to your crusades in, in this movement, as, as in others. But they have something they called Phineas Priest. And as I understand it, they, they want people to virtually get violent in trying to bring about the kingdom of God amongst the people around them, even amongst their fellow brethren. It, Am I understanding that correct? Oh yes, they are. They 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 are very violent, and of course the the essence of that is yet to be revealed in its greater power. Because when they begin to require that people worship their God, who will happen to be the false god, the devil, and to worship their Christ, who will happen to be the Antichrist, and to take their mark, which will be the mark of the Antichrist, that the the false anointing. I did a I did a video many years ago called the false anointing, uh, and I'd never heard heard that concept used, but the Holy Spirit really poured that in my heart uh, in Revelation chapter 13, verse 11. The second of the beast is a false anointing. We call him a false prophet, but he he duplicates the Holy Spirit. He imitates the Holy Spirit. And this whole Phineas, Kansas City, I mean, on and on you can name the many different names they have. All of it is a false 
imitation of the Holy Spirit. It's the taking of the Holy Spirit and putting him in the power of flesh and imitating what the Spirit does. Uh, and it, this is why I'm a classical Pentecostal. They call themselves charismatics. And, and let me make sure that there are some good people out there who are in the charismatic movement. Sure. And I'm not, I'm not trying to, to, to cast a blanket condemnation. I'm just telling you their concepts, their ideas, their biblical thinking has missed it utterly. Well, if I understand the difference, um, again, it's important to hear this message from you, given that you embrace the, the, the Pentecostal view, is that uh, you believe that the gifts of the Spirit are, are confined within the bounds of Scripture's guidance. Absolutely. Everything the Holy Spirit does is within the confines of Scripture. You remember the Bible says that the Bible, the Word of God, is the sword of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit only has one sword, and that sword is the Holy Scripture. And any time somebody says the Holy Spirit said something or did something that is not rooted in biblical truth, you know they're false. Mm -hmm. Anything and everything the Holy Spirit does will be absolutely biblical and will never depart from the confines of Holy Scripture. Well, I want to point out, because we, we won't be able to dwell too long on each of these in this show. I know, I, we but, but I want people to get this book. I want them to get uh, the book, How to Overcome the Most Frightening Issues You Will Face in the Next Century, because in your chapter, you Most have, you have lots of quotes. <laughs> these are actual quotes yeah. where they talk about they need more of these kind of priests to basically... You know, grab a grab a spear and run th people through, and and and, and very very violent activities. Not just a personal uh, conversion for people to have, but but to to, to sort of force people like to, to to convert. Or something. Well, this right. whole thing. I recently wrote an article in which I identified the mark of the beast as the taking of demon spirits into your being. A person who takes the mark of the beast will be possessed of the devil. Well, the devil has get a, has got to get all. Of that ready because when the rapture takes place there'll be very little time before that seven-year period begins and, and the devil is going to make this world so deceived and, and the, actually the world is going to worship Satan and I used to think that is insane nobody could bring this whole world to worshiping the devil but the more you read things like what these uh, what these people are doing the more you understand yes yes the world is actually going to worship the devil and believe he's god mm -hmm. they're going to worship the antichrist and believe that he is the lord jesus christ mm -hmm. well i believe most of our leaders do already uh, they just don't admit it to us out in the public so I think there's many of them out there, yes. I don't think they know it. I think they actually believe they're true. I don't think, I, I, I've never met one of these characters mm -hmm. that I think he knows he's wrong and he's just playing the game. I think they really believe they are deceived. Mm -hmm. Many of them are possessed with spirits. Rick Joyner is so possessed with spirits. He, he is led by spirits. You see, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person, the third member of the divine Godhead. The devil was created by God before he failed. He was a sacred and holy being. Everything the devil does is spiritual, and everything the devil does is an imitation of the genuine. So mm -hmm. the devil is a false imitation of the spiritual. He always imitates God. Mm -hmm. He always imitates what God is, what Jesus is, what the Holy Spirit so the devil is an imitator. And all of this stuff is very religious and easy for anybody who's not a Bible-committed believer to fall into. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I'm afraid that after your show, 
we're going to have a hard time getting invited, Tom and I, to many of these latter rain uh, conferences. That's cool. Well, I'm but, sorry. Have you been going to them? <laughs> no, we haven't. <laughs> but well, I was I was going to start praying for you. <laughs> no, there there goes our opportunity there. Uh, you know, the third concept relates to a term, another term that. If people look anything out of their denomination and hunt around a little bit, they've heard of, called Joel's Army. Yes. Can, can you explain what this is and who some of the leaders in this movement? And, and they use terms like the three battlegrounds and this concept of city churches. Can you explain that a little bit? Well, Joel's Army comes out, of course, of the book of Joel to start with, where Joel speaks of these demons and these dark creatures that will invade the earth. Revelation, of course, talks about the same. In Revelation chapter 9, you have these dark armies of demons and devils that invade the world and do great destruction. Somehow, now I don't know where and how this ever got started, but somewhere back uh, in, in years ago, in fact, uh, uh, the man I just mentioned, uh, Paul uh, Paul Kane, that uh, they finally found was a homosexual. He was a preacher to this back when he was a boy preacher. He used to do tent revivals during the days of A. A. Allen and some of those a boy preacher, and he says he preached that back then, but nobody received him, and so now he came as a an old man and joined up with the Kansas City prophets and and, uh, and Rick Jarner before they found him out for what he truly was, uh, and he preached this. So Joel's army is a misconception. It really is part of replacement theology. When you go into the Old Testament, you take the great promises to the Jews, and you start superimposing them on the church, and you get the church replacing Israel. You go right down this road of Joel's army, uh, a post Millennialism, Phineas uh, priesthood. I mean, the whole bit comes out of replacement theology, post-millennialism, and then Joel's army fits right into that vein. Yeah, Joel's army, they make it to be people who are so bought into this. And Did you know that Bill Mon who started the Promise Keepers said on the radio that the Promise Keepers was the, was the in-service training of the future Joel's Army. I did not know that. Whoa. Oh, yes. yes. Promise Keepers? Wow. Uh, promise Keepers. Is that uh, right? Bill McCartney that started the Promise Keepers made that statement on radio. Huh. Uh, and, 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 and nothing has brought more ecumenicalism to the evangelical church world than Promise Keepers did. Right. It opened the door wide open. Right. So now, if I understand Joel's army, now, now you talked about the spiritual underpinnings behind it, and it, that will become more and more clear to our listeners by the time we're done. But w w what I understand they advertise is that whatever is happening today in the church, and these guys who are the leaders or self-appointed leaders uh, just feel like God appointed them to be the one to gather everybody together, is this movement outside of our tra traditional church structure, and it's supposed to be so powerful that it's basically going to force itself on people, people in the church and outside, that it's going to be a coercive force uh, well, to kind of force them to do what they want. Is doing that, and they're doing that now, and they're getting ready, of course, to be the Antichrist, uh, 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 SS troops during the seven-year tribulation period. So Joel's army is going to be the Antichrist SS troops, uh, the vigilantes, doing uh, the, the what we call is the the great kingdom of Christ on earth. They believe they're going to set that kingdom up, mm -hmm. and that this is going to be the Joel's army that's going to require people to worship uh, this this Christ. That's going to be the Antichrist. 
So it's all getting ready for the Antichrist. Now, since they're amillennialists, and and we're going to establish that here in just a minute. They're mostly postmillennialists. Or postmillennialists. So they don't don't believe in all the kind of things we often talk about in Bible prophecy here. Oh, no. No, no. They don't believe in an Antichrist. Okay. They don't believe in a rapture. They don't believe in in seven-year tribulation period. No, none of that fits their That's what I'm getting at. Since they don't believe in an Antichrist, if they see a great charismatic leader, they do not know to beware of a great delusion of a charismatic leader yeah. to get behind that will give them platitudes uh, and exactly. offer great peace and union for people of the world. So if they're not prepared to see that deception, they make themselves particularly vulnerable to be embraced and be co-opted by such that's a delusion. That's exactly what they've done. Okay. Well, that's, that's How can you discern the Antichrist when you're actually serving him, prelude, to the coming day of his of his uh, of his manifestation. I mean, the Antichrist spirit has been in the world ever since. I mean, from the beginning. So uh, it's already here. The Antichrist spirit, not not the Antichrist person, of course, but the spirit of the Antichrist, and and that spirit is working right now to create the atmosphere of complete control by the Antichrist. Now, I'm sure if 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 I talk to them, they would just say that what you and pastors of other traditional church are saying a criticism is just sour grapes, that they have all of the energy behind them, all of the, the uh, momentum is going in their direction, and that you're just trying to stand for the old guard, the old stodgy church that is not conquering in the world. Is that, is that basically how That's exactly how what they say about me. Okay. You could have said it better. Okay. Now, um, this concept of city churches, I've heard that alluded to for some time. Is this this idea that uh, people get together and they build some kind of spiritual wall around a a certain geography. How, how does that work? Well, that's that's basically it. Uh, they, they'll even travel in all over the country. I've known I've known individuals that would get in their mobile home and travel from from North Carolina to California and back over a say two week three week period, and they would go to certain cities and pray against the spirits of those cities, and uh, they would just do all kinds of things like that. And uh, and the sad thing is, all of those cities are getting worse by the hour. Uh, so they are actually being used in demonic activity. They are opening up the spirit world uh, upon the upon this generation, rather than closing the door. Now, One man that was big and that was a multimillionaire, and he recently left uh, over in Concord in a plane, and it fell, and him and his wife both were, were completely destroyed and burned alive uh, in the plane. Uh, and so all of this stuff isn't even protecting them, mm-hmm. much less the world around them. Now, and I'm certain that you believe in spiritual warfare, you know, with your Absolutely. Back, and, you, and you recognize the power of prayer and the fact that, that we are to stand, you know, as God calls us against principalities and powers and, and to pray for protection. I write and, about that all the time, but right, that's watch, one of my themes. And watch keeping over locally. But the thing I understand about these people is that when they go to a territory and they begin praying, and I know very little about it, but my understanding is their perception is they are conquering territory that is conquered, and then they put their flag on it, and then they go somewhere else to conquer that flag. Uh, not with an understanding that we're going to have these principalities and powers until the day the Lord returns, uh, and that we are to, we're citizens of, of another uh, place, and that we are supposed to combat them, but they won't be vanquished until the Lord returns. But they go in as if they are a physical army conquering a city, and then they go to the next city and go from there and there. Is that is that really where they sort of deviate off the classic spiritual warfare? 
That's exactly right. It's just like I said earlier, the devil. Everything the devil teaches and does is always an imitation of the genuine. Okay. So they take the genuine and turn it into a farce, into a delusion, and they do more damage than they do good. Uh, and, and in many cases, uh, th- those of us who believe the truth, we flee from the truth because we don't want to be identified with them. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about the things they talk about uh, That in, in the proper we. We could talk about it in the proper mode where they talk about it in the wrong, but but we run from it because they've made such a farce out of it. Uh, and that's the sad thing about so much of, of the Pentecostal revival. Most of the Pentecostal revival has gone out because the people have been intimidated by the false. Mm-hmm. Right. And so this is another classic case where the, the, the initial deviation can be very subtle. And if someone is not a student of the Word and of the Bible very closely... They can be seduced by very charismatic teachers and to slowly take sidesteps off where they, they quote scripture partially, they don't look at the whole counsel of God, and then things magnify from there, correct? That's exactly what happens. And it again goes back. Uh, they use the Bible. They use, they use precepts and concepts that have a, a form of biblical truth, but not the total essence of it. And they make a, they make, they're making millions. They are rich as, uh, as, you know, it's, it's amazing the wealth of this crowd. They, they actually divine wealth. They create wealth with their evil forms of darkness. We're back at Future Quake with Dr. Future. And Tom, not a part of the Kansas City 7 bionic. Oh, is it the Kansas City 7? I don't know. It's just the whole... That sounds like a ball team that like threw a game or something. Well, this whole Kansas... I guess I guess they're called the Kansas City Prophets. It right. sounds like a gang. Why didn't they name a baseball team after that? Because it was ridiculous. Now, when they say Prophets, do they mean P-H-E-T-S or P-R-O-F-I-T-S? Uh, either or. I would say they're both applicable. Yeah, publicly it's P-R-O-P-H-E-T-S, and then okay. on their Q4s it's P-R-O-F-I-T-S. You know, if you can proclaim yourself a prophet, yeah. why don't we just do each other here, and then people would have to do whatever we say. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, they kind of sound like a gang, you know? Like the Kansas City Prophets, yo. Mm-hmm. I think I saw that movie Warriors. Did you ever see that movie Warriors? Where the, the gang, the Warriors had to get across New York City. It's a classic movie. Oh, And all the yeah. other gangs in New York want to kill them. Yeah, I saw. I did see that. In yeah, but I don't know if the Kansas City Prophets were in it, but probably Joel's Army was. <laughs> which is another thing we've talked about today. We don't mean to make light of all this. It's just that... It's just so the, weird. And there's it's so much so for you to weird. digest, listeners. You're gonna, we can't... All we can do is introduce these topics, basically. You've got to go do the research, go look them up, Google them, uh, go find some Wikipedia, whatever, get started, and then find out what these people are really doing. I bet you there's probably some people in your circles who may have been touched by these movements. These people are selling a ton of books. If you go into books, Christian bookstores, they're going to be on the front shelves, and tons of money going yeah, to those pockets. Yeah, I know. Pockets. I had a, I went to a Bible study one time where this guy just started going on and on about how awesome uh, one of the people talked about hearing this thing, and I said, "You realize that he teaches that like we're all gods." He's like, "Yeah, I know. That's the coolest part." Mm-hmm. It's like, what? Yeah, that's always for itching ears. That's always a yeah. good word. Someone else with itching ears is Merv. Merv, would you come in and tell our listeners how to contact us at Future Quake? Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information.
Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Okay. You know, someone else with itching ears is Pyro. Yeah. But I found with a sustained itching stash, he can be done with that. Yeah. You just get him behind the ears there, and he likes you. And he's done. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, we got more important things to talk about tomorrow, uh, a little more time to discuss them, mm-hmm. but we need to say goodbye. So until then, we hope goodbye. your future is always bright. Have a good day. Bye. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. quake, quake, quake. Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I'm Tom, not one of this gang of seven from Kansas or whatever they are. Where's Kansas the seven coming? Where's I don't know. It's just... You're not part of them. How many are Whatever. There are? How many? There's five, 12, okay. 14, two. For those of you who have no idea what we're talking about, if you just tuned in today to Future Quake, we've been talking to Dr. Joseph Chambers, the director of Paul Creek Ministries, talking about the threat from popular false itching ears teachings of the church. Uh, and this is information that is uh, recorded in his chapter of the book, How to Overcome the Most Frightening Issues You Will Face in the Next Century, uh, that's available uh, for sale now and at futurequake.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his chapter is called Occultianity, Dominionism, and Institutional Collapse. Wow. And we should give out his, his uh, website. It's paulcreek.org, www.pawcreek.org. Mm-hmm. And uh, you'll, you can hear his radio show. He has a radio show there you can catch uh, regularly on Saturdays, I believe, at yeah. 1 o'clock. I assume that's Eastern that. time. Yeah. be very interesting. Call in. You can call in there. Uh, his book, The Masterpiece, uh, we'll mention again tomorrow. But mm-hmm. a number of things he's done. But we're talking about uh, these movements related to the latter rain, uh, Joel's army, and some additional concepts we're going to talk about yeah. uh, today. We're going to go through a number of them today. That whole Phineas Priest thing. You know, Phineas was the guy that... Ran the spear through the uh, mm-hmm. the tent. And the, yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, that is so weird that you'd be calling yourself a priest. Well, if you read in, order if Phineas. you read that chapter in that book, uh-huh. he quotes them. There's just tons of quotes out of their writings, out of the writings really? that he puts, and he talks about basically they're telling these people to be violent, to be violent gr- grabbers of the kingdom, basically. Because they take these comments that Jesus says about violent men take the kingdom by force. Wow. And they're encouraging. You know, it's just the kind of thing that will set up the government to say, look, see, these religious people are violent people. we got to go and turn them. You need to go out and for the kingdom of God, club somebody in the head like a baby seal. And, you know, what do they say? Oh, all you crazy people are dangerous. You know, all you really? Jesus people, we better lock all you up. Wow. It's so, you know, it's weird. a setup. It's just a setup. Mm-hmm. And Satan can use those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to get on with our interview? Yeah, I Come guess. back and <laughs> No, it's a wonderful it's segment. Good. It's it's a little weird, but with Doctor Joseph Will. Yeah, yeah like that's future, new on yeah, Future. Yeah, Quake. it wouldn't be Future Quake if it wasn't. Doctor uh, Doctor Chambers, wonderful him to be with us, and this is a uh, third installment. We're going to cover a number of topics uh, on the threat from popular false itching ears teachings of the church, and then we'll be right back to wrap it up here on Future Quake. Wow. Your your fourth concept is something that we have talked about significantly on the Future Quake show, and it's known as dominionism. 
can you explain its origins and what you think its dangers are? Because it's a key part of these movements and how it influences what we have found, political groups like the Council on National Policy and even Christian Talk Radio? Well, no that this is one of the dark things. It's nothing but post-millennialism. That's all dominionism is. It's a form of post-millennialism. They've got so many different words that all relate back. Every word we're bringing up goes back to the concepts uh, of, of deception, of, of, uh, of replacement theology, replacing Israel, the church doing what God told Israel they were supposed to do and didn't do, and somehow we've replaced Israel, and they, they're completely removed from God's divine plan, and now we're fulfilling that plan. Dominionism, they believe the church is slowly and progressively taking over the world, and at some point in the future, we will suddenly enter into the thousand-year millennial reign, and the church will lead that millennial reign. Then at the end of that thousand-year millennial reign, which the church is going to lead, or this dominionist crowd is going to lead, they'll bring Jesus back to the earth. They're going to bring Jesus back to the earth, rather than Jesus come himself and setting up the kingdom. So another so replacement. So we would do the heavy lifting, in other words, of in our own strength, uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit, conquer the world, and then we just hand the keys over to him, uh, which sort of shows our relative might and strength versus Jesus. It reminds me much like these old movies you'd see, where the, where the protagonist would be fighting the bad guy, and he would just barely fight him off and kill him, and just about that time the police show up at these end of the movies, after the battle's already over. And that's how they portray Jesus in these discussions, that we're going to have to fight alone and vanquish these enemies. And rather than the, the clear scriptural teaching that Jesus himself will come vanquish his enemies, he just comes and takes over the property that we've already secured, according you to know, their teaching. I, uh, that's right. I, be, I, I believe I believe that, that when President Bush entered office eight and a half, eight, nearly eight and nearly nine years ago, I believe that he had a totally different concept of things than what he come to, to, to have. Uh, somehow he became surrounded mm -hmm. with people who are into this uh, dominionist idea. Uh, I was in Baghdad in, in 2005 and spoke at the big Presbyterian church there. And there was a man who, who was on the staff of uh, President Bush. He was there for President Bush doing some things, and he was in that service. And he was so angered by my presentation. He wrote mm -hmm. me a fiery letter, and, and the whole faith of it was he was in the something sun go somewhere else uh, he, 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 i got a grandson up here blowing his nose uh, uh, and uh, i think and, that's, and a, that's a first for future quake i yeah. believe <laughs> i mean he was making so much noise uh, i'm sorry i bet you i bet you rick joiner sent him over yeah that was fun. <laughs> well, uh, anyhow, this man was so upset with me because of uh, of what I said, and I, what I talked about was it was standing up for Christ, winning the loss, you know. And he was uh, in the Calvinism and this postmillennialism, and all. Oh, he thought I was crazy. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, now well, the things that we've noticed about this is that, and, and by the way, just to comment about what you said about the Bush situation, that's been one of the more controversial things about our show is that yes. I, I've confessed to my audience that I voted for George Bush both times. I was a traditional oh, I was a traditional conservative. I even bought into the Iraq war. I was into all of that. 
but I started having an awakening from some other Christian brothers who came from that same conservative background that started seeing some darkness. You know, I've got to apologize to my grandson. It was my wife making me a milkshake. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, I heard that noise so loud it disturbed me. I thought it was Andrew. Go ahead. An important, an important clincher for me though was something that I saw in a documentary from one of our fellow authors of this same book, uh, Chris Pinto. I don't know if you've noticed his chapter in the Tom Horn book that we've both written for. He, well, I haven't had time to read well, it, to be his, honest. What, what I'd recommend you do is to get his documentaries. They're advertised at Raiders News Network and elsewhere. Uh, in his particular uh, documentary called Riddles and Stone about the, the real history of our country and, and the origins, he mentions near the end, he builds a case of an occult origin that was alongside the Christian principles, side by side, and the thread that came through some of our leaders. And and it talked about an an occult plan that even included spreading democracy around the world for their own purposes. And when he began quoting out of these occult books, and then we hear these words verbatim out of the inaugural address of George Bush, it all clicked with me and with us. Terrible influence, it, it, even in the speech writing. It clicked with and, us. But, but since then, the things that we've seen, some of the darkest points of this dominionism, and it's, it, it's obvious point of the people that you're talking about because they're taking things in their own strength and being coercive, is that we see powerful structures, even within traditional evangelical uh, groups, are influenced by this. For example, the Council on National Policy, which, which has all of your main Christian ministries participating is really led by Dominionists and is funded by groups like the head of Blackwater, one of the main funders who's been caught running illegal weapons and has said that his goal is to kill as many ragheads as possible in Iraq for Christians and giving his guys crusader names. Had a big wife swap ring. A wife swap ring, uh, killing random Iraqis over there. Now we found uh, in, in court cases he's been accused of having child prostitution rings he's founded for his soldiers and other people. And, and this gentleman, according to reports we read, is on the board of Focus on the Family, but is big into pushing this, conquering the world by the end of a gun. Uh, and now we have groups that are you know, funding most of the Christian talk radio stations. Syndicated shows are promoting dominionist thought, time and again saying, Occupy until I come. That's what Jesus told us to do. So you better get out there with the gun and kill as many different people than us as possible. I believe in occupying till he comes, keeping the church alive, praying, and having revival and winning souls. So you don't you don't believe forcing and taking the state and a gun no way. to be able to force yeah. people to come to a, a, a understanding of their sin and confession of Christ that that a there gun? are powers everywhere, my brother, that are working to bring about a one world order, and and they are using some of the most some wonderful people are getting involved in things that, and just like George Bush, I believe he was a decent man, and I and I, I he did some great things as a president. I'm a I'm a George Bush fan, but what happened just took the whole thing and took it to the wrong degree. Mm-hmm. Well, I think for for years we'll be looking in hindsight and trying to understand what happened. Uh, in that period of time, but we're still entering into further, more darker days. And I think our discussion sort of covers your fourth and fifth concept, but your sixth one relates to another term we hear a lot about in some of the more, quote, progressive Christian literature, and that is this term, the manifest sons of God. Can you explain what that's all about and, and how it ties into New Age doctrines in particular? Well, 
Oh, manifest sons of God simply means that these people are going to become glorified sons of God right here on earth. They're going to keep becoming purer and with more anointing and more prophetic power until they're actually going to become manifest sons of God. They're going to move into glorification. They're going to become like Jesus was after the resurrection. And so that's simply what they're saying. Expecting this to happen on the basis of multitudes of people moving in to glorification, not waiting for the for the great resurrection of the dead, but but being glorified right here on the earth, so that they can set up the kingdom and force the kingdom with divine powers that they're going to have during that period and under that reign. But now they talk about from the, some of the quotes in your your chapter you you, you wrote about them. That recommending that we all become like Mary, and each of us become like Mary, and then birth Jesus inside each one of us. And it, well, this, this 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 is just their their idea of what what a revival is all about. When they were doing the big Pensacola revival, Pensacola, Florida, they would have women fall on the floor and start going into birthing process and they would scream and and make have the same pain and make the same action as as uh, as somebody giving birth to a child and they were supposedly birthing revival and birthing a move of god see so all of this just is, is part lot and part of it it really is so big that to try to talk about it, it it's overwhelming in right. fact i've backed off from it because there is so much in it that is it's 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 crazy. It's well, insane. Yeah, the, the, it's totally crazy. The, this this show is intended. <laughs> it's to be demonic. A, well, it's intended to be a primer for our listeners. If they're scratching their head over this, saying what? Now, many of our listeners are savvy enough that they know just enough about this, uh, but maybe they haven't put it all together. There's others that this is all new, and they need to go do a Google search online and look up some of these kind of things and find out what's going on. Probably YouTube has some of these videos of some of these events you just explained. But what you just described, these kind of exercises that occur, look identical to New Age groups that I've been around, that I've exactly. observed. Uh, I've, I've, the, the Lord's opened doors for me to speak in groups. Uh, even one last year, there was a United Nations group on religion that had similar kind of activities they did, used almost the same language, but it had nothing to do with Jesus Christ. They talk about Christ coming in you and Christ consciousness and all of this, but it had nothing to do with the Jesus Christ of the Scripture. That these, one, these, these people are flirting with, with embracing a complete Gnostic, uh, complete pagan belief system, particularly in this Well, they actually believe that God works just like demons do. Uh, and they and they 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 teach the same things that you find in the occult world, exactly. Except they teach them with a Christian flair instead of a demonic flair. I mean, they had people in Pensacola that the spirit was flinging up against the wall, and 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 I, I, have, I have videos. I did a set of videos. There's eleven in the series called the False Anointing series. And the first one was the false anointing. Then I went to Pensacola and did one on Pensacola. I did a, a, a two later on Pensacola. Then I did one on on uh, uh, on a man who just died. Uh, not uh, oh, I'm sorry. I named so many of them. I did one on Benny Hinn. I did one on Paul Crouch and TBN. Uh, I did one on on Copeland and Hagen. I've got Ho Hagen. I've got uh, uh, Kenneth Hagin before he died. I've got him doing a big conference in which he starts hissing like a snake yeah, as he starts. 
as he hisses like a snake, he walks up to people, and then they start sliding down, slithering out of their chair exactly like a serpent with their body going right with the contour of the chair and down on the floor. And he walks to the building, and people are, are doing this, and, and they're falling out all over the place. And finally, they take him up on the stage to set him down, and they're having to hold him, and they're having to, to do everything for him. And he looks at his watch as they're taking him yeah. to set him down. You know, totally conscious, but putting on a show that was beyond description. Horrible. This yeah. must now, be that video everybody ought to see. That's one of my videos. This must be even more painful for you, given the fact that many faithful Pentecostals are, are, are swayed by that. And I'm not just picking well, on them. Everybody's the, swayed the, the by that. The majority them. of the Pentecostal world has gone after this, brother. I was part of one of the greatest denominations there probably ever was. And I won't name it because I'm not here to put down people. And and I finally left it a few years ago. But now they are so far into this stuff, it is not even funny. There's no turning them around. There's a few good people scattered around. There's a few good churches scattered around. Mm -hmm. But I'm telling you, it has destroyed, basically destroyed, the great Pentecostal churches. Mm -hmm. We understand our, our pastors, in fact, have, have stated they had to make the same kind of decisions that evidently you have for these same reasons and because... Oh, absolutely. You can't call it Benny Hinn right. and have good sense, but let's be a, a servant of the Bible. Right. You know? Because when you're, when you're committed as a minister to Scripture and the preeminence and the authority of Scripture, you have to choose a path to go one That's way or the other. Right. And sometimes you I'm have old to... of years ago, I'm going after the Bible, fellas. Go, if this is the crazy way you want to go, mm-hmm. I'm not going with you. And I was a leader in my denomination. Mm-hmm. Uh, I spoke at meetings and conferences, statewide meetings over the over the country. And I saw which way they was going, and I started warning them. And that's when I got in trouble with them. Mm-hmm. But I never backed down and never backed off mm-hmm. until I finally just had to separate. Well, uh that's you know that's the same thing again. Those that that we're with that have decided to take that path, and many times you will you will give up a pulpit, you will give up a livelihood, you'll give up a lot of things. Uh, Your retirement, brother. <laughs> retirement, and yes. you know the Future Quake show is sort of a hall of fame through our guest of people who took the the less traveled path, the narrow way, uh, and was willing to give up these kind of things. For hard decisions they had you to make on principle. Just, you could pretty much let, draw me, let me. Can I read you a scripture? Sure. Uh, this is powerful. I mean, I don't want to dominate your show. You tell. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm used to talking long and 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 uh, and for for extended times. But Revelation chapter three and verse nine is a perfect picture of this crowd. They are see they are mainly in first their dominion theologists and they and their replacement theologians. They've replaced Israel with themselves, but they're going to have to answer for it. It says in Revelation 3 and 9, Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. And see, that's that's replacement theology. Mm-hmm. They say they're Jews. We've taken the Jews' place. We are the new synagogue, but they do lie. Uh, behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet and to know that I have loved thee. The day is coming, friend, when that whole crowd at the end of the seven-year tribulation period, when the, the great saints of God come back with Christ to set up the kingdom on the earth, all over this globe, they'll be bowing at our feet and telling us what a mistake they made. Now, Brother Tom, you had comments you were going to make? 
I'm good. Okay. Well, you know, uh, what what you just said is not only do they pretend to be Jews, but they're not, but they've actually replaced not only uh, the, the Jews, but the church. Uh, they're oh, they're yeah, saying that right. the church is antiquated and the church's scripture is antiquated. Uh, and they're 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 giving something new, and in fact, uh, one of your your seventh concept talks about their commitment to personal revelation, about it trumping scripture, which is what they call in their literature the old way, uh, is the way of scripture. <laughs> and they now have personal revelation that they have by their own decree set themselves up above it. This whole thing so they're all they're all are popes with the ability to write the scripture. You know, that's really what's happened. Instead of one pope over the Catholic Church that gives all the, these divine ideas, all of these guys can give their divine ideas. And some of the things you hear that they say God said, uh, they, they're wild. They're, they're just insane. Uh, but, you know, if one man can tell you something God said, another can. So everybody can. So you've got all this. You, you've just got a uh, you've got a world of this kind of false ideas floating around everywhere. And people who follow this, they, you know, people all the time will walk up to you and say, can I give you a prophecy? And I'll say, no way. They'll call me. They'll call me and say, Reverend Chambers, have you got a word for me? And I say, Yeah, I sure have. Let's go to First Peter chapter three. You know, you know, and and I'll read them the word of God. Right. Uh, I don't let them prophesy over me. No way. That it's really fortune telling. Is what it is. Well, let me yeah. clarify. No let me clarify something, Doctor Chambers, because some people may go to your website after our show. And it looked like there was there was something like uh, prophetic utterances or something up on the right hand column of PaulCreek.org. Do, do you know what I'm referring to? And can oh, you yes. explain what that is? What is well, that? Just that biblical different? statements of things that that the Bible says is going to happen. Okay. Okay. So when you give a prophetic utterance from the Scripture, you're simply saying the Bible prophesies of the war of Gog and Magog. Okay. The Bible prophesies of the appearance of the Antichrist. The Bible prophesies of the mark of the beast. You know, and, and and when I give a when I talk about prophecy, it is always in the context of the Bible. Sure. Okay. Well, that's very important. It's essential for our show. And it, very, it is. That's a good point for you to make yeah. for people who may go to my website. Right. And I wanted people to clarify that and make sure they understood that, that, that there's not a contradiction there, you, that true prophecy is that which is relied on the testimony of the witnesses. That's right. Uh, uh, biblical witnesses are a good report. Uh, but, but basically, when people decide to, to go with anyone's personal revelation, anything goes. All bets are off. We, we've lost the sure foundation. In fact, Jesus even said, before you believe what I say, look at who testifies of me. Look at the prophets. Look at the law and the prophets. Look at the Father. Look, look at what I do. He had mu multiple witnesses that testified to his ministry. And yet try we, the spirits because many spirits are gone into the world. That's right. But now we have people today that don't even, with, with all the authority Jesus had and with all the, the incredible miracles and power he had, he relied on the testimony of others to testify who he was. And the people who are here today have no such testimony they can point in Scripture clearly. Uh, well, this whole crowd will teach you to quit thinking, quit living by what you used to know. Put your mind at at, at ease. And let your mind let your mind rest and just receive what I'm telling you, and it will change your life. But they're right. Wow. When you receive what they're telling you, it'll change your life, but not for the good. It's for the bad. That's a very very eastern right. eastern way of doing things. And it's a way to open yourself up for the strong man to come in yeah. to That's your exactly head and, right. and to reside. Yeah. 
And and our world is full of that, brother. And it's really not just Pentecostals. Rick Warren's material is as dangerous as Rick Jonas. That's right. Uh, Robert Shuler's stuff is just as dangerous as 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 uh, Benny Hens. Uh, it, there's two different there's two different ends of all this stuff, uh, and it, it's the it's the more evangelical uh-huh. side and then uh-huh. the charismatic side, and well, then one is as uh, dangerous as the other. And you've got emergent church that has its own issues as well too. We're back at Future Quake with Doctor Future, and Tom. How does anybody believe this stuff, Bionic? Well, you know, there's a lot of uh, atheists that wonder about all of Christianity. They put us all in that same boat. Well, yeah, but the whole thing about the resurrection, it's a verifiable historical occurrence. And you came into it by reasoning. You actually came logically in realizing that Christianity was true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you didn't buy into the uh, the thing about... Nobody hissed on me. Hissing around on the ground like, like a snake. I didn't show up to some church and everybody was laughing in the spirit. And I thought, hey, this is pretty cool. Yeah, we're laughing in the spirit. Well, we some of them got gold the teeth. The Holy Spirit was giving them gold teeth. Woo! Look at it. we're laughing. We're God's giving us. Gold and they teeth. probably think something bad's going to happen to us because we're making light of it. But I'm totally making light. Um, of it. Sorry. Uh, that's you know a lot of people. But you know those things just die out. Where are they now? What's happening? You know between Pensacola and Toronto. They wind up being sort of occult offshoots. To be honest. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, you know that's right going to. They may make a few people out here listening very mad that have been part of it. But really, so we'll get. More weird emails? The key, the key, that's right, the key, though, is that people need to realize uh, what we've talked about, mm-hmm. about these people believe that they're going to conquer the world. Jesus is not going to come back and save from a world that's going down. They're going to conquer it. They're going to do it in their own strength. Yeah. So they're going to say it's through the power of the God. It's the power through the Holy Spirit, but we also had some tanks and a sword. But the, Yeah, and they're <laughs> going to conquer it before Jesus gets here. They're going to do Jesus' job for him yeah. and get it done. Just hand over the keys. That's right. And the point we make in this show that's so important is that when the Antichrist comes, uh, they're still around. Uh, they may see him as just another charismatic leader because they're not expecting an Antichrist to come yeah. or for the forces of evil to do this. They feel like they're already going to be whipped. You know, it's weird trying to put myself in their shoes. It sounds like they're trying to make Jesus into this like sort of ultra-hip playboy. Like they show up and they're like, hey, man, you're the guy. Here are the keys to the Maserati. and Mm-hmm. his hair back and yeah. drives down the, you know, right. it's like, how weird. Yeah. How weird well, is this? Well, the feeling is it puts all the work up to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you know, we're, we're, it, that was intended for us to do it. I don't know how they envisioned. I guess they just see the whole thing of Jesus coming back in Armageddon as a metaphor. That he is doing it through them vicariously and well, metaphorically. Well, and that's one of the points I think uh, Dr. Chambers sort of alluded to, that they have a much, much different end times eschatological. Yeah. Uh, eschatological view. Yeah. Uh, their eschatology is much different than ours. Right. Uh, they wouldn't agree with anything, especially right. Nephilim or anything. Well, it just seems like that they have they, they these authors, and I hate to point. I'm not going to mention any names, but they come up with a pet okay, teaching, a pet teaching that they can sort of wrap a you know sort of a slogan around, and that'll push push some books. Get them some crusade dates and get a name for themselves. God, I want to say a whole bunch of they, slow construction. They, they do those things and then they get it and then they got to go backfill a doctrine mm. to to manipulate the Bible to fit around the slogan. And I guess there's a temptation for everyone who is involved in some portion of ministry or some area, whether you're known in books or whatever like that, to do that to some degree. But when you do it so far that it completely goes outside the bounds of Scripture and it sets you up for even later deception. Or worse deception. That's when it crosses the line, for sure. 
<laughs> so much I want to well, say. Well said. You know, it's just uh, nuts. Yeah. It's well, crazy. people need to watch it more. We need to keep a better eye on what's going on with like, this. Read your Bible. And all, you, you have evangelicals out there that were sort of like me. You, you weren't really exposed to this kind of stuff. How about waking up smelling a coffee and being aware of what's going on in the rest of the church outside your little denomination? Okay? And that's something I've had to do and still learning from. But I recommend all of you do it. Recognize what's going on in the larger church. Both the good things that are going on and the not-so-good things. And speaking of not-so-good, Merv needs to come in and tell our listeners how to contact us at Future Quake. Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Okay. I didn't mean that about Merv. But uh, I, was, I thought you were going to call him like a false prophet or no, something. No, I would never do that. But we need to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, with no further ado, we need to split. But uh, Come back tomorrow for the last installment. But until then, I hope your future's always bright. Ciao. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. quake, quake, quake. Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I am Tom, not birthing anything in the spirit, because that is so weird. Bionic. All righty. Uh, I hope people have listened to the last few days' shows. Otherwise, they're really going to wonder about you. Uh, well, they're always mm. on edge about you're, me. You're referring to I'm like the wild card. our discussion this week about these birthing ceremonies they do in some of these crusades where you're it's like birthing, I don't know, Jesus or something. Yeah, they actually sit down on person. the floor and uh, either, I don't know if it's imitate or actually have the birth pangs or mm-hmm. something. But there's something going on where they... Uh, lay prostrate on the floor and start screaming and yelping like they're giving birth okay. to Jesus' spirit. Okay. Um, it's very much like what I've seen in New Age circles. Oh, you, very much. way weirder. <laughs> the reason why we're even talking about this, ladies and gentlemen, if you're new with us today, is that we have been talking to Dr. Joseph Chambers, who is the director of Paul Creek Ministries, you can look up at www.paulcreek, P-A-W-C-R-E-E-K.com, or .org, excuse me, .org. And we're talking today about the threat from popular false itching ears teachings of the church. Uh, some of the things that have really gotten off that are real popular, people are hearing what they want to hear, but it's extremely dangerous and has many, many millions of adherents already. Um, this is documented in a chapter of a book that he's written for. This book's called How to Overcome the Most Frightening Issues You Will Face in the Next Century. And his chapter is called Occultianity, Dominionism, and Institutional Collapse. And uh, it's quite a read. He has tons of quotes in there. We don't even do justice in this show to the jaw-dropping quotes you'll read from these popular authors that are some of the biggest sellers in bookstores, Christian bookstores. I know. I don't go in them. Um yeah, you know, I find the books and materials by the typical future quake guests are a much more fruitful read in my book. Much meatier. You wanna you wanna really know some heavy theology? Go mm-hmm. to 
michaelsheiser.com backslash the naked bible mm-hmm. read an article you know you know where i go for it mighty tom's bible study oh well gosh thank you for putting a plug in there that's your good old just classic verse by verse of the bible bible teaching although technically i don't think that's classic because that is a relatively verse by verse is a relatively recent phenomenon isn't it no uh well the, you know the calvary chapel movement made that a hallmark mm-hmm. but it has gone on at different places expository preaching for some time they just made it something that's a consistent feature oh, of quality control to do that. I know that, that, I know that uh, uh, people from the distant past have done that. Mm-hmm. Zwingli was uh, into that mm-hmm. occasionally. but Well, I'll speak from my own experience. This is getting off our topic a little bit. but uh, yeah. Let's get, get back the, to birthing the spirit. Well, let me just mention <laughs> the church I, I grew up in. We, we had a mixture of uh, topical preaching and expository preaching. Oh. Whereas you might have topicals on Sunday morning and the verse-by-verse teaching through books on Sunday night and Wednesday night. Okay. So there's a there's a different track record there. But what we're talking about with these groups this week is... It doesn't have anything to do with the well, Bible. Well, the purpose is they've gone completely off the map, and they're writing their own doctrine as they go. And as I mentioned yesterday, they come up with a pet theory or idea to get people all charged up and to keep buying their books and going to the Crusades, and then they go backfill a doctrine no matter how much they have to contort the Bible. Thus saith the Lord. To fit it. You owe me a Porsche. <laughs> See, it's right there in the scripture. That's the prophets from the Kansas City prophets. <laughs> Kansas City 7 and a half. Well, we're right going to cover more of these eight principles, these eight concepts that feature these, these type teachings. Mm-hmm. We've covered a bunch of them so far. In this last segment, we're going to cover out the last ones and then do sort of wrap up and the danger it poses for the days ahead, particularly for the last days. So we need to go on to our guest, Dr. Joseph Chambers, talking about the threat from popular false itching ears teachings of the church. And we'll be back to wrap it up here on Future Quake. Uh, the last concept that you had uh, is, is one that's very complex. It relates to the teaching of some popular evangelist about Jesus Christ and what he experienced at the time of his death and resurrection. Can you explain this complex concept to us and wh- wh- where they go wrong? I'm trying to find where that's written here. Oh, uh, it, it, it relates to what Jesus experienced in, he- in, in this concept in hell. And you talk about some discussions that uh, um, several prominent uh, teachers today uh, actually talk about uh, what, what Jesus, uh, in fact... Oh, him uh, going into hell? Right. In, in into a, the spiritual prison? That, that's right. Well, in fact, one of them even says that he, in essence, became one with the devil. Oh, see, yeah, I, I got you. There is a distinct difference between what the, the the Kenneth Copelands and them have taught about Jesus having to be born again in hell, and the fact that Jesus, in his in his victory of the cross, went into upper hell, upper Sheol, which was Abraham's bosom, where the saints of God of the Old Testament had to await to be uh, to to you know to, uh, to for their spirits to go to heaven. They had to wait till Jesus was crucified. And when the victories of Calvary, all the Old Testament redemption was was a redemption that depended wholly on the future coming of Christ and the future death of Christ on the cross. 
was. So uh, in the Old Testament, uh, you'll find that uh, Isaiah in chapter 26 mentions uh, that the dead shall rise, my dead body shall rise. He was talking about he had to wait the resurrection of Christ before he could 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 go to heaven. So Jesus went into uh, the upper Sheol. Remember he said mm-hmm. to the people on the cross, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Right. He went to the spirits in prison, preached to them, and then triumphantly, they were already redeemed, but triumphantly he led them then out of upper Sheol. There is no upper Sheol any longer. And of course he, uh, of course, was then seen of his disciples at his resurrection. So nothing relating to the concept of Jesus had to go to hell and be born again. He had to become one with Satan. He was just a wormy, little, defeated, uh, uh, decrepit character down in hell. And he started quoting, you know what Kenneth Copeland says? Kenneth Copeland says, when he... Well, no, he said when he realized what Jesus did when he was born again in hell, he cried out to God, God, you're not saying that I could have done that as good as Jesus did if I would have known the Bible like Jesus knew it. He said he could have redeemed the world himself if he had just been as acquainted with the Scripture as Jesus was. See, that is a sign of someone having no accountability and and is so full of a self-concept of their anointing that they just go off and the Bible talks about. Well, they're little gods, if you don't understand. That's mindless, what they believe. Mindless yeah. teaching. They get puffed up, as the Bible says. Heard, puffed up with their own idle notions. And crazy. I think that's a classic idea of it. I heard that Kenneth Copeland said, uh, uh, God said, when God said, I am, I say, I am too. Yes, I have that. I have that one of my in one of my videos with him just, actually saying those words. I uh-huh. had I had never been familiar with Kenneth Copeland until just recently. So this did you know he said that God is about the same size he is? Probably weighs about a hundred and eighty some pounds. His hand his hand spans probably about eight inches, a little bigger than his. Uh, God has to get up every morning and go about his business just like you and I do. Huh. This sounds like the ramblings of somebody. And by the way, he got that out of the Dutch Bible. And, and and huge amounts of money comes from from what he does. And I tremendous amounts. Wow. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, I I I sense from from the nature of his talks that he not only thinks of himself like God, but actually higher than God, because he has such a high opinion of himself and his quote anointing. Probably, probably does. I've not heard him actually say those words, but uh, to be equal with God is itself blasphemous enough. That's exactly right, and uh, uh, that's another show we're probably not going to get invited on after this one is uh, is his show. That's cool. How do you think? I think you've I, you, you've sort of impl- uh, implied this, but how do you think these teachings will lead people in the last days? One thing we've established is is that. They are they are gullible and willing to grab a charismatic leader. The fact that they don't understand there will be a last day's deception and that there will be a charismatic leader sent by Satan, they're they're susceptible to actually falling under his sway. Particularly if he if he speaks well at the beginning. Are there other ways that incrementally they're going to be led to be in this position from what you see today? Well, I think there's probably many ways because there are going to be signs and wonders. There, there, there are going to be all kinds of teachings that that take a portion of the Bible and and superimpose one's own interpretation.
interpretation. Almost all of Bible study today is smorgasbord kind of study where you take and leave. You take what you want. You, 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 you discard what you don't want. If one translation don't say it in a way that satisfies you, you go and get another translation. I mean, how can we have theological stability, biblical stability, when you've got the kind of religious ideas that just fill our world? I mean, it, it's, it's everywhere. And the devil wants to make you, you know, comfortable and fill you with pleasure and satisfy all of your sights so that he can then control your life, and that's what he's doing. Well, a key thing people need to remember is a full church or a full stadium is not a sign necessarily of God's blessing. Well, most of the uh, most of the churches now are so full of just hype, and it's a made-for-television, you know, sight, sound, and sensation. Mm-hmm. And and when you're trying to woo people with sight, sound, and sens- sens- sight, sound, sound, and sensation, it's very clear you're not trying to lead them to mm-hmm. to the cross by the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, I'm afraid we haven't seen anything yet because when, when, people, worse. when people are led to that, they they need a bigger fix. It's like a drug. They need something stronger and more outlandish the next time. And so I don't think we've seen anything yet as far as some of the claims. And some of these older leaders that you've referred to here, I think their ministry is a legacy of that. They they started with very modest deviations initially, and they found they had to keep it up to be audacious enough to keep the interest of the public because that's what they're they're offering their charisma versus the teaching of the Bible. Well, I, I, you're exactly right. And I believe, getting back to the Scripture, I'm very excited about my book, The Masterpiece, on the book of Revelation, because it's a no-nonsense study of that book, taken literal. It's just a drama of the whole Bible. And if we could get people back into Revelation, back into Daniel, back into the great books of the Bible, take them literal, believe every word of it, uh, we can protect the people from the deception that's everywhere. And the only protection is a is a mind full of the Word of God. Well, before before we wrapped up, I wanted to ask you about that book. And since you mentioned it, we might as well discuss it now. Can you give us a brief capsule of what is unique about your book, The Masterpiece, which evidently I guess Tom Horn is going to be republishing? Uh, what 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 is the unique aspect about your approach you take with the book? Of I think the, the uniqueness of our book, The Masterpiece, is that we take the book of Revelation, and it's very evident. It's the center of the Bible. Every doctrine that was taught in the book of Genesis all the way to Jude is dramatized and seen in a drama fashion in the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation is not full of riddles. If if the Bible interpret the Bible, the book of Revelation is a simple and wonderful book. And so I approached in this book the study of the book of Revelation like it's a storybook. And I take people through the story and show them that it's organized. It's, 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 uh, it's absolutely uh, a, an organized view of the end times while Jeremiah and Isaiah and Daniel and and Jesus and, and all the great writers of the Bible gave us beautiful pictures of certain parts of the end time. The, the book of Revelation puts it all in chronological order. It is an order that anybody can follow. When you start following that order, you really can't miss it. One thing I show in the book of Revelation is that Jesus has specifically five titles that he is seen by in the book of Revelation.
And those titles determine the direction that the book is going. You got mm. the first three chapters is Jesus as the Lord of the church. Chapters four, all the way through chapters 19, he is the Lamb of God redeeming the earth from corruption and filth. And then in chapters 19, he becomes that great champion that comes back to fight the battle of Armageddon. Then he becomes the king and Lord for a thousand year millennial reign. Then he becomes a bridegroom for eternity. And those five orders of his very presence and name used throughout the book of Revelation keeps the the, the Revelation flowing in a biblical order that you can't miss when you take that order. Is there anything else that you point out in your book that you think most people don't see or overlook some key to the book of Revelation? I think one of the key things is I show that the rapture has to occur in chapter 4, and that precedes the seven-year tribulation period. One of the greatest theologies the church has ever taught is the pre-tribulation rapture. And you've got Revelation 4, where the saints of God are never called, never called the church again after chapter 3, beginning with chapter 4, they're elders. And they're elders all the way through that seven-year tribulation period. And then they become kings and priests and reign with Christ a thousand years after they are his army to fight the battle of Armageddon. And then they become his bride for eternity. So you've got this order that follows all the way through. You can't miss the truth in it when you follow the order that it's set forth. And that's what I do in this book, is I bring it onto a level that laymen can understand the book of Revelation. And that will be available at your website and also at... That's uh, available in bookstores. Okay. It's available all over the web now. Okay. I mean, every which way I look, it's on the web. And then, of course, my book, Nebuchadnezzar, The Head of Gold, takes you into the book of Daniel and starts a series of seven novels that's going to present the whole seven one-world orders leading up to the final thousand-year millennial reign. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I don't see why, why Jesus and the saints have to come back and fight that battle at the end, because I thought Joel's army was born, already supposed to have that one. <laughs> yes. according to, funny, funny. According to what I read here. Uh, as, as we wrap up here, I, I want to make sure people understand uh, what do they need to be looking out for, our listeners, as far as the next events, on the topics we've just talked about, on, on this development within this offshoot of the church with this Joel's army, what, what is going to happen in the days and months, years ahead related Three to this things. topic, and what should we look out for? Three things we ought to look for very specifically. We ought to look for the war of Gog and Magog. This is when Russia and Iran and all the, the Muslims marched down against Jerusalem. Uh, that's coming. I don't think it's going to be way off. Number two, we're to watch and look for the development of the one world order that is clearly going to be the the engine and the and the organization of the Antichrist. We ought to expect the rapture of the church above all of that. The rapture of the church could take place today. It may take place ten years down the road. Nobody sets dates. Should not set dates. But we're looking for Jesus to come. And there's a fourth. Mm-hmm. And that is a great Holy Ghost revival. And I just pray it can start before the rapture. Right. I don't know that it will. And we must not teach that it will. Mm-hmm. But I pray that it does if Jesus tarries. Well, well, let me make sure I'm clear. Regarding to this movement with the the latter rain, the Joel's army, this group, this whole crowd, what do you think we're going to see with them in the next months and years ahead? as we get I think they're on their last leg. 
I really do. Now, they will continue to organize because they've got to be part of the Antichrist kingdom. But but their influence over people who believe the Bible, I think that's waning. I think they're growing in the in the world where they are intimate and big in, but I don't think they are influencing new people at the rate that they did in the because they're really too bizarre for that. They have become so... See, the devil always makes a fool out of himself. You give the devil enough leeway, and he'll ruin his, he'll ruin his own self. That's what he does in the seven-year tribulation. He's given right away to be the god of this earth, and he ends up... He, he, I mean, he's, he, he's so insane, and so... And so he, he even destroys the city of Rome, and then he marches to destroy the city of Jerusalem, and that's when he meets his Waterloo. Well, um... What are some practical ways for us in the Bible-believing church, which I think most of our listeners are, are within that, and as individuals, as the church as a whole and as individuals, to help in getting the rest of these deluded brethren back on the right path? Uh, most I, of them cannot be led back. Most of them have gone too far beyond. I mean, when, 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 you, when you deny the Word of God, you know what the Bible says? that When people who love not the truth... Uh, that's beautifully seen in Second Thessalonians, uh, and, and and I don't think we should ever quit trying. I don't I don't mm -hmm. mean to suggest we would give up and and not be available to help anybody. But the Bible says, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie that they all should might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Nothing is more dangerous when you don't love the truth. See, we aren't saved by the truth. We're saved by the love of the truth. Understand? Okay. Now, please understand that. I want to be misunderstood. We're not saved by the truth. We're saved by the love of the truth. There's millions who know some of the truth, but they're not saved. Right. But when you fall in love with the truth, brother, it'll change your life. Well, particularly when, when the truth you're speaking of is the capital T truth, where Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Exactly. When Every we, word of the Bible is is infallible. See, I believe the whole Bible from Genesis to Revelation is the inerrant word of God. Amen. Okay. And I may be a little love many people, but um, but that's that's how I take it, and it sure has worked for 57 years for me. Well, it, it's time for us to conclude and uh, to remind our listeners again how to follow your teachings and to keep up with it. But just before we do that, would you mind saying a very brief prayer? For those who have been deluded by it, you've pointed out how difficult it is for people yes. to come back. But some of those people may be listening to this broadcast, or they may be just in the early stage of being tempted by some of these teachings. Would you would you uh, word a brief prayer that the Holy Spirit would have the power in that we did not have in our own reasoning and our own words to do a work in these people's lives spiritually to keep keep them on the right path? Would you share that with us, Father, in Jesus' name? I pray the truth will prevail. Father, nothing sets men free from error but truth. Father, we can shine the light of truth 
And that's the greatest light there is. And let the word shine to us. Let truth ring in the, in the hearts of those listening. Let them hear some great revelation of the Bible that opens up to their heart and they are delivered from delusion and self, and, and self, uh, teachings and, and, and human ideas and human imagination. Break those strongholds of those curses, Father. The greatest curse we're facing today is not the curse of alcohol or the curse of drugs, but the curse of religion, religion without Christ, religion without the saving blood of the cross. And I pray that power, by the power of the Holy Spirit, thank you, Father, for the sense of it right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, brother. Thank you. We rely on the power power of God to do what we can't do with this show. And I just appreciate you. Give them them our website again, would you? Oh, well, that's what we wanted to do. Uh, Paul Creek. uh, www.com. Paul Creek, P-A-W-C-R-E-E-K dot org. And that will be at our website. We'll have a link with our show archived here uh, with this. And I want to recommend people get your book, The Masterpiece, as well as the book that we uh, co-authored together along with a number of other people, How to Overcome. They, they'll love the novel, Nebuchadnezzar, The okay. Hit of Gold. How to Overcome the Most Frightening Issues You Will Face in the Next Century. Uh, brother, I hope you enjoyed your visit here on Future Quake. Well, then I hope I didn't overtalk you too much. <laughs> no, that's fine. You know, you almost you almost talk like a preacher or a, or a radio show host. Yeah. Yeah. I've only been doing it fifty some years, and they say I can talk the horns off of a belly goat. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we've been doing this five years, and sometimes we get tired of the look of each other already. Don't so. you get tired of interviewing somebody that you can't hardly get a word out of their mouth? <laughs> You didn't have that problem with me, did you? I was, I was afraid you were thinking about that about us. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. Yeah. You guys were, were great. Uh, uh, please call me again now. Well, and let me let me just tell our listeners real quick that you, you came in on short notice, a moment's notice. I called you. You have an incredibly busy schedule this week, and you care enough about this that you made time uh, late at night out of short notice to be on our show. And on behalf of our listeners, I want to thank you personally for doing that. Can you imagine how much I could have talked about? I had a week's notice. <laughs> Maybe that Lord was behind that. Yeah. Hey, come back. And, come back Thank and see, you, sir. Please come back and see you soon. I'm going to check out your radio show. I, I, I want our other listeners to do that, too. Saturday, uh, 1 o'clock. You can get it live on the Internet. Well, I'm going to check it out. Dr. Anywhere Future. in the world. Dr. Future's going to call in. And until then, I just want to say thank you so much. God bless you. And uh, I wish the best for your books and for your ministry. And come back soon and see us. And God bless you guys. Thank you. Yep. Bye-bye. We're back at Future Quake with Dr. Future. And Tom, trying to follow in the steps of people like Reese Howell and George Mueller, Bionic. Hmm. You going to start an uh, orphanage or something? Well, I just like trying to be in prayer about lots of things. Oh, okay. That's always a good idea. Yeah. That's, that's one of our more radical thoughts. Pray a lot. Yeah. It shouldn't be, but... It's funny you, you say that sort radical. of in jest, but it really is I know. radical, I know. unfortunately. It, unfortunately, it's the last thing people turn to is prayer. Yeah. Uh, one reason why I bring it up is here at the end of the show, uh, we recognize that delusion is powerful and strong. Mm-hmm. It often cannot be broken by the bounds of logic, wisdom. Sometimes just even teaching the word to someone who's locked into it, it's essential that we do that. But then we have to get on our knees and pray for the power of God. Mm-hmm. To break those those oh, yeah. holds that we can't do in our own strength or own reasoning. Yes, correct. The Absolutely word the correct. word of God's got to be there, but then sure. it's undergirded. The power of the word comes through the prayer and the work of the Holy yeah. Spirit. There's something about prayer, uh, and I think I probably said it here before. There's something about prayer. It's just like 
it's the nuclear weapon of the spiritual world. I think if mm-hmm. we had eyes to clearly discern just how powerful prayer was, we'd be like, whoa. You know, I think how we handle prayer is a lot like Ultraman used his weapons. I don't know if you remember him. It was a mm. sort of a kid's show. It was like he was sort of like uh, Godzilla. One of my favorite shows growing up was made in Japan, and he was a giant, looked like a robot kind of guy who came from outer space. And when these big monsters like, like would a attack, Power Ranger. sorta, yeah. But when these big monsters would attack Tokyo, mm-hmm. he had this weapon where he put his hands together and it would buzz like a laser beam and cut them in half. But he would never use it. He would try to use judo. He would try to use all these other kind of weapons, and he would just get beat, almost die. And then suddenly he'd remember that he could throw buzz saws out of his head or, or cut them in two. But he'd wait to the end, and I guess they figured it'd be boring if he did it first. But that's like how prayer is. Put a buzz saw on. Like, well, that's, that's how prayer is. We're like, oh, man, we're going we're gonna to come up with some witty things to get these people to understand what they're doing or, yeah. or, or some little clever kind of stuff we do. And then once we fall on our face, we sometimes we'll get around to saying, mm-hmm. oh, well, maybe let's just pray that God would do his thing mm-hmm. outside of our strength. And yeah. so... I'd like to learn from Ultraman, if at all possible. Well, that's a that's a very interesting way to put that, but uh, I would agree. You know, I think we need to be more in prayer about stuff and just sort of, right. you know, uh, the people that I read and are, are inspired by have uh, either record autobiographically or by mm-hmm. people who've seen them that they were in prayer sort of constantly throughout the right. day. That's you right. Know, there was prayer always on their lips. and. Uh, I, I sure hope our future Quake listeners are like that because somebody needs to pray for us. Please pray. Well, <laughs> pray that we don't step. I mean, it's such a trap. We can fall in the false doctrine given the stuff we cover. Yes. That we can fall into really weird things or things that could be harmful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and pray that if the Lord finds this ministry useful, like we hear from our listeners, that he doors will Mercedes open. Benz? Well, we'll wait for that later. <laughs> but that doors would open, that we would get on more radio stations, that we'd find more ways to reach more people that haven't heard this word, mm-hmm. that if only and if it will draw them closer to Christ. Yes. And with that, we need to go. But Merv can tell you how you can contact us and let us know what you think about Future Quake. Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or Internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Okay, we're running late. Well, let's get out of here. Tomorrow is tomorrow's Tremors. We'll talk about the news then. But until then, we hope your future is always bright. Have a good day. Bye. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. Quake, quake, quake. Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I am Tom. Yes, indeed, Tom. Anybody's guess? Bionic. Okay. I, I don't know how to classify that middle name, but I know one thing. I'm so glad to be with all of you listeners out there for Friday's Future Quake Show. Uh-huh. And since it is Friday, this is the time when I ask you what what is so special about Friday's show. What is Friday? Well, this is the time where I have the most trouble usually with my middle name, to be honest. Is that right? Yeah. Well, usually I try to do a little bit of foreshadowing on what's uh-huh. you know coming on the next. Which episode. you can't do today because today is tomorrow's tremors, 
or today's review of the future. I was going to say that. This oh, was the day. That was the day. I even wrote it down here I somewhere. Was, I was too impetuous. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, if you're new to our show, uh, <laughs> we're so sorry if we act crazy, but that's what we do on Fridays here because uh, we usually have a very intense discussion during Monday through Thursday on Future Quake, mm-hmm. and this week was no exception. We had Dr. Joseph Chambers coming in and talking to us about some of the movements uh, within the church the last number of years that, uh, that I tell, sort of wandered I'll tell off you, the path this, a little. This last week was too was was very timely for me because I had just I just got cable. I just moved and I got mm-hmm. I got like a slightly different cable package. Yeah. And it had all of these all of these religious channels with a lot of the people they were talking about. Mm-hmm. And I'm oh. watching them. I remember watching three or four of the different folks going, "What is that? Have That's you been like, sending them lots of money? Satanic or something? Yeah. You know, one guy in particular. I look at him. Sounds I go, like a lot of emails we get. Whoa, yeah. this guy's something's wrong with him. Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, but, no wonder they put him on a cable channel. <laughs> Perfect. If it's extremely disturbed, it's either institutionalize them or put them on yeah. mass media. Guess what? You get Fox yeah. News. <laughs> well, you're, you're that messed well, up. Well, you got CNN. You know what? We didn't have really news stories last time. We sort of betrayed our cause of tomorrow's tremors last week. Yeah. So do you want to make up for it and dump, jump right into the news? Let's blast it. I just do want to make one quick announcement, All and right. that is uh, just continue, folks, to uh, pray for William Grigg. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, could, he would sure appreciate your prayers. Yes. Yeah. On all fronts, mm-hmm. on every aspect of life, and it's a good yeah. Christian man. That, From what I've heard, he he went back into us. the hospital, and then he's I think he's back out now. Mm-hmm. So that just means he's got 500 other things to deal with that could mm-hmm. use your prayers. He's been a regular guest on our show. If you go to freedominourtime.blogspot.com, mm-hmm. uh, you'll read the wonderful blog that he writes, and uh, he has a book for sale there that... This would be an ideal time for you to support him with the book mm-hmm. sale. Indeed. Would you like to do a story first yes, for me? Yes, I would. Okay, well, lay it on us. Oop. Biro, look out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. This one comes from The Guardian. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cayman Islands heads for bankruptcy. The white sands of Seven Mile Beach on Grand Cayman have long caressed the toes of the world's wealthiest financiers who flocked to this balmy spit to avoid the tax man's prying eyes. But the world's biggest hedge fund venue and fifth largest, fifth biggest bank center is now threatened as the government of the Cayman Islands heads for bankruptcy. Unable to pay its own staff and facing the prospect of introducing taxes as income from the world's shrunken financial system collapses. Okay. Scary. Uh, oh, gosh, but we didn't get to it. I was going to say this goes right along with last week's story that we didn't get to, mm-hmm. which was uh, uh, one of these... One of these Cayman Island bankers actually did a blood oath with uh, one of his uh, his number two. Uh, the word is escaping me, but he's the the comptroller of his mm-hmm. of his company. Yeah. Uh, and the the comptroller and the auditor was in, all involved. They ended up doing this weird blood oath, and from then on, mm-hmm. they were not only on first name terms. They had strange nicknames for them. It was really weird. Yeah. Maybe I'll if we I have extra time, I might dig through the stack and see. Okay. Um, uh, anyway, they were Cayman Island bankers mm-hmm. who got into this weirdness. Uh, the situation is about to get worse after the British government, which has, al- has ultimate responsibility for the islands, last week refused to bail out the uh, Caribbean uh, island. It is not convinced the country will have the money to pay it back. At the same time, hundreds of civil servants found that pension co- contributions and health insurance payments were missing from their pay slips. Mm. Mm. Contractors and government suppliers also had bills unpaid. The le- leader of the British of, of government business, William McKeever Bush, pegged, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> pegged the British government to borrow 310 uh, million or 190 lira 
uh, from banks. In a strongly worded response, Chris Bryant, a junior foreign office minister, has demanded the Caymans cut its borrowing and, de and debt. And in a shockwave that will send tremors through the island's financial elite, Bryant even suggested that the tax ha haven introduce taxes. I fear you will have no choice but to consider new taxes, perhaps payroll and property taxes. Oh, my goodness. I understand, of course, that in doing so you will want to consider carefully the implications for Cayman's economy, including the financial services in industry. Mm. The wealth of the Caymans is staggering. Its hedge funds alone took uh, $203 trillion, uh, mm. according to uh, figures last year, and its GDP places it at the world's 12th richest jurisdiction, despite a population of only 51,900. Mm. That's almost the size of the Faroe Islands, almost exactly. Yep, but the mm. Faroe Islands aren't uh, going bankrupt. That's right. Yep. They don't live above their means. Very interesting story, a place you will... Obviously, it's still perceived to be very rich. That doesn't mean you can't go bankrupt. Yep. Well. Which, you know, some of the people who look to be the very wealthiest are the ones who do. Boy, do I. That yeah, I know. Because it's appearances. Remember, I had, there were two people that lived down the street from me, way down the street, but one was a doctor, mm -hmm. one was a plumber. Plumber's house was small. He didn't take care mm -hmm. of it, as well as the doctor, you know, cut mm -hmm. the lawn himself right. twice a month. Right. And every, all the all the women on the block didn't like him. Right. And they didn't like his wife that much. But then uh, they all loved the doctor. Well, it turned out the doctor was, you know, had a month a month's worth of rent yeah. socked away. Yeah. You know, he was always one check, paycheck right. away from bankruptcy. Right. And, uh, you know, three months went by. And uh, in the dead of night, uh, a car pulled up. Uh, uh, and uh, it was the banker, or a truck pulled up, uh, banker, the doctor, mm -hmm. loaded all the stuff up in the middle of the night, drove off. I was a kid. I went, wow. Mm -hmm. And plumber, you had enough money you could live right. for years without lifting a finger. You know, I have uh, Christian people that have told me they have been over to see certain financial advisors and immediately understood how successful they were because they had a chandelier in their house and had a nice-looking house. Mm -hmm. And they immediately understood they must be really successful. And that was when everybody was tanking, you know. And But they made that judgment, well, that, that person must really know how to handle money. Mm -hmm. Because they have all this fancy stuff. And, you know, I can think about other relatives that I have who live on next to nothing, mm -hmm. but they're completely secure and completely out of debt. Mm -hmm. So it's not the matter of the income you come bring in. It's your attitude of what you do with it. Sure. And what you have. Absolutely. Well, can I go into a story here? Please, sir. Please, uh, please. This is actually from, uh, you know, we do a lot of these, these crazy, insane conspiracy theories from dubious sources. So I'm sure this one's going to be mundane. Well, this this is another one from one of these uh, highly suspicious sources. It's called CBS News. Great. Uh, it says, is taxpayer money funding the Taliban? Uh, is taxpayer money meant to fund aid and development projects in Afghanistan? Uh, but there are new, uh, to build roads, bridges, and schools. But there are new claims that U.S.-funded contractors have been spending a hefty chunk of that funding on protection payments to the Taliban for years, reports CBS News correspondent Nancy Cordes. That translates into money that the Taliban are using to attack and kill American military personnel, and that's just simply outrageous, said Representative Bill Delahunt. The international news organization Global Post quoted several unnamed contractors who said 20% of their budgets or more go to pay off the Taliban so I won't bomb their projects or their people. It's a protection racket far more sophisticated than the typical mob-style shakedown. The Taliban literally has an office in Kabul 
or it works out what percentage will be charged on these contracts, says Charles Sanat, the executive director of Global Post. This is so open. So they have an office, just to clarify. Just for their, yeah, their protection money, like the mob. Wow. It says the state, they're very sophisticated. You know, we picture these guys like guys on horseback with turbans, living real primitive in huts. That doesn't sound so primitive to me. No. Um, the State Department has spent more than $4 billion on development contracts in Afghanistan since 2002. $4 billion. Mm-hmm. Uh, experts say the kickbacks could have netted the Taliban tens of millions of dollars and, and are such an open secret on the streets that the U.S. government had to know. You cannot do anything about it, said CBS News consultant Gere Van Dyke. This is how it operated. This is how it was in the 80s. This is how it is today. Contractors have good reason to fear, fear the Taliban. As of last September, 291 State Department-funded contractors, most of them foreigners, have been killed by Afghan insurgents. The State Department has launched an investigation into the alleged protection payments. In Afghanistan, any diversion of funds for any reason uh, makes it that much more difficult for us to achieve our objectives, said P.J. Crowley, an assist- Assistant Secretary of State for Public Affairs. Especially because popular support for the war, which has fallen lately, could sink ever further if taxpayers fear their money is going to fund our adversaries. Wow. Now, can I make a couple points about that? Great. Well, that's great. I got I got two good ones to follow that one up. But okay. Well, I, there, there's there's more on this. This is this was understated compared to other things that I've found on this. I know. And like from a, uh, uh, that actually was a video piece that was done for CBS that was even more uh, alarming. And I get the impression, I cannot remember whether it was stated explicitly, but I get the impression that our own State Department and government have also been privy to make those payments. Yeah. Now, I don't have that in my hand right now to prove it, but I, I recollect that they were doing it, which is no shocker because if they know it, if contractors are doing it, it's just like our government doing it. Mm-hmm. And uh, here's, here's what I would say to consider. We see in the news that most people take at face value that one week we're doing real great, we're, we're getting good stuff, and it just mm-hmm. so happens to be that we're in progress right when, when our government is you know trying to push something. There's another time when they push back, and the, the foreign military enemies are pushing back and attacking us, and that's when we're really trying to sell a budget for a higher defense budget. Mm-hmm. Now, it seems like to me that this is all so contrived. Well, that we have a system where we have a handshake with our enemies that the, that the real adversary of our government is the American people. They're the ones that they're doing uh, yeah. disinfo campaigns against. They're doing COINTELPRO against us in concert with our enemy Yes. to basically together fool us. Well, let's, let's do a quick review. And they split the money. They yeah. split the money, the two of them. Well, let's do a quick review of some of the things that we've talked about so far in the last several months. Uh, one was, of course, the uh, the government... Uh, finally admitted that they were, in fact, embedding special generals to sell the war in right. 2003. Right. Uh, it was that, a formal Pentagon program. Mm-hmm. And then uh, one of the recent developments, well, oh gosh, again, this, we were going to get to this last week, but we didn't. Um, it was another one of those things where all of these private contractors were accused of having just some uh, pretty pretty lewd parties. Uh, right. To be horrible. To be G-rated. And that has even gotten in some of the mainstream media, believe mm-hmm. it or not. Yeah, well, in Der Spiegel in Germany, there is a uh, a very long, fairly disturbing uh, mm-hmm. photo roll that I was... I very was, decadent. Uh, that's sick. not the word that I would use. It's yeah. truly, truly sick. Yeah. Um, uh, so all of that stuff, plus all of this money that's been missing from mm-hmm. the, uh, uh, the, the... 
you know, the military budget. Nobody seems to know where it mm-hmm. goes, but it tends to coincide rather tightly to various payoffs that have happened in both uh, Iraq and Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we have, you know, we find out Taliban has their own office to figure out uh, what percentage of that money is theirs, uh, as well as... Uh, um, well, you know, bin Laden was on the government of the CIA, CIA payroll, yes, payroll right up to 911. Mm-hmm. Yes, he, so he was. knows afterwards, but he was up to that day. Mm-hmm. Well, this is true. This is true. Uh, also, there was the, uh, 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 I guess it was Tom Ridge, or um, it was either Tom Ridge or McClellan, came out and said that the government intentionally elevated and issued, mm-hmm. elevated the uh, security threat right. level and uh, issued false terror reports about terrorism to, to boost their... Um, support for terrorism when they needed it. Yes, to boost their poll numbers. Right, and this yes. is Tom Ridge, a Republican cabinet member. Yes, admitting and this. And the former head of well, he was the former head of the yeah Department of Homeland Security, the yes. first original yeah leader. So that's uh, that's that's that. I, I don't think but people still think all this is crazy conspiracy theory. Oh yeah, well it's it's um, uh, you as a you as somebody who with a background in science and statistics and engineering and mm-hmm. math. Uh, I think you feel free to be able to look at the data and say, "Well, look, I've got all these. I've got this one scatter plot mm-hmm. here, right. but they all tend to." The bottom line is, st- statistically, could not justify all these being consecutive coincidences. Yes, mm-hmm. it is a system, s- systemic process mm-hmm. that they use, and they will use our enemies together to pull the wool over the American people. Yes. So, who's our who's enemies? Is the question. You have something to share with us here? Yeah, uh, sort of on the on the heels of that. So do you want to hear about how uh, the Israeli army is being militarized by rabbis? Or uh, or do we want to hear about the American troops storming through the hospital in central Afghanistan? I want to hear about the rabbis. All right. Okay. Unless you don't want to. Well, no, it's cool. We're, we're here. Okay. Uh, there's just so many stories. It's I just, know. It's difficult. Well, I'm uh, I got a good one, too, after that I want to get there. Okay. Israel's army is changing. Once proudly secular, its combat units are now filling with those who believe Israel's wars are God's wars, quote, unquote. Mm -hmm. Military rabbis are becoming more powerful, trained in warfare as well as religion. New army regulations mean they are now part of a military elite. They graduate from officer school and operate closely with military commanders. One of their main duties is to boost soldiers' morale and drive, even on the front line. This has caused quite... uh, caused quite some controversy in Israel. Should military motivation come from men of God or from a belief in the state of Israel and keeping it safe? The military rabbis rose to prominence during Israel's invasion of Gaza earlier this year. Some of their activities raised troubling questions about political religious influence in the military. Gal Einav, uh, a non-religious soldier, said there was a wall-to-wall religious rhetoric in the base, the barracks and the battlefield. As soon as soldiers signed for their rifles, he said they were given a book of psalms. And as his company headed into Gaza, he told me, they were flanked by a civilian rabbi on one side and a military rabbi on the other. It felt like a religious war, like a crusade. It disturbed me. Religion and the army should be completely separate, he said. Uh, But military rabbis, like Lieutenant Shmuel Kaufman, uh, welcomed changes. In previous wars, rabbis had to stay far from the front, he says. In Gaza, they were ordered to accompany the fighters. Our job was to boost the fighting spirit of the soldiers, the eternal Jewish spirit from Bible times to the coming of the Messiah. Uh, interesting, 
Interesting quote. Before his unit went into Gaza, Rabbi Kaufman said their commander told him to blow the ram's horn. Uh, mm, ram's horn being the shofar. Uh, like biblical Joshua, when he conquered the land of Israel, it makes the war holier. Mm. Rabbis handed out hundreds of religious pamphlets during the Gaza War. When this came to light, it caused huge controversy in Israel. Some leaflets called Israel, Israeli soldiers the sons of life, uh, which is a very uh, rabbinical and, you know, the Essenes, of course, and Pharisaicals and their non-canonical uh, mm -hmm. non writings uh, called themselves the sons of light a lot of the time. Mm. And they called their enemy, of course, the sons of darkness. Yeah. Uh, other, others compared the Palestinians to the Philistines, the bitter biblical enemy of the Jewish people. Now, that would include Palestinian Christians, too. Yes. All right, okay. Uh, of which there are many more Palestinian Christians than there are uh, uh, um, uh, uh, Israeli Christians, mm -hmm. as, as far as my knowledge. Because there's a lot of restrictions on sharing your faith in Israel. Mm -hmm. uh, Not that it's easy in Islamic countries, either, but, well, yeah. but there is a large number of Palestinian Christians. Israel's military has distanced itself from the publications, but they carried the army's official stamp. Hmm. That's it. Uh, we're going to see more and more of that. But now, what's interesting is... Now, I'm going to get myself in real trouble here with people, our listeners. But Don't stop now. Is, Israel is a land that still does not recognize their Messiah. Uh, they still haven't repented of their departure mm -hmm. from Jehovah or the Torah. Mm -hmm. But you have these groups... In fact, mostly it's secular, uh, atheistic... But they're putting this in as basically just as a way to motivate troops. Yes. Yes. Well, and this is, it's so interesting to me because typically we talk about how terrible it is that uh, all of these Middle Eastern companies uh, commingle religion and uh, the state, mm -hmm. you know, and we get, we get down on, we get down obviously on the Nazis for doing that with mm -hmm. uh, the various Lutheran pastors that were co-opted during mm -hmm. that time. And we look up to people like, um, uh, I guess it was Dietrich Bonhoeffer uh, who went back mm -hmm. to, you know, went right. back to Germany, of course, and, you know, said, I'm not going to put, you know, I'm going to put up with this. I'm going to preach the gospel even unto mm -hmm. death. Uh, and then we see it here with these people that typically we get a, like, you need to blindly support Israel kind of a, a charge. So we here in America, we have Christian dominionists, and then they have these rabbi equivalents. Mm -hmm. Both have a purpose of war and killing large numbers of people. Uh, thinking that they've got a call from God to do it. Yes, basically. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Very sad. So they're not they're not in there as a spiritual influence to say we're supposed to be a light to the Gentiles. We are supposed to be examples of justice and mercy and all the attributes. No, of God. we're supposed to be like a light from the end of a muzzle. Okay. <laughs> that's about yeah. the only light that's going Barrel on. Barrel flash. Yeah, yeah, that and maybe the little green that comes okay. from the night vision. I can hear all the people just turning off their MP3 players right now on radios. But, oh, well. Um, I'm got, sure we'll get a ton of, ton of hate sure. mail. Can I give you one here that will just help everybody feel a lot better? All right. Feel good story. Yeah. Uh, WHO, who, uh, the World Health Organization, admits to releasing pandemic virus into population via mock-up vaccines. Please read that again slowly. Okay. World Health Organization admits to releasing pandemic virus into population via mock-up vaccines. Okay, just one more time, just so we're <laughs> okay. sure. World Health Organization admits to releasing pandemic virus into population via mock-up vaccines. Okay. This just came out in the last week, okay? Um, 
uh, on the documents on the World Health Organization, WHO, website, linked below, states that it is common procedure to release pandemic viruses into the population in order to get a jump ahead of the real pandemic so, so as to fast-track the vaccine when it is needed. So it's it's common to release it's common to release uh, pandemics, pandemics to address pandemics. It's like we, you know, it's like Doctor Strangelove. You know, we had to kill them to save them. Uh, you'll see why. There's a, there's an economic reason why they're doing this. It says in Europe, some manufacturers have conducted advanced studies using so-called mock-up vaccine. Mock-up vaccines can contain an active ingredient for an influenza virus that has not circulated recently in human populations and thus mimics the novelty of a pandemic virus. According to the website, such advanced studies can greatly expedite regulatory approval. Okay, So they're putting these pandemic stuff into people to help them get approval for the stuff that they're selling. That's awesome. So they create a false crisis to get around the law. This is the World Health Organization saying this. Yes. On June 11, and they give a, a website here, mm -hmm. who.int, and it goes on and on, H1N1 safety vaccines. Mm -hmm. Okay, it says on June 11, the World Health Organization raised its swine flu pandemic alert from a 5 to a 6. Phase 6 is the highest level alert and reflects the speed with which a virus is spreading, not its severity. This classification also allows for a vaccine to qualify for a fast-track procedure for licensing and approval. And this process is now ongoing for the swine flu vaccine. What you may not know, however, is that WHO, together with health officials, regulatory authorities, and vaccine manufacturers, have been working since 2007, long before this new threat of swine flu emerged, to explore a broad range of issues surrounding the regulatory approval of pandemic vaccines. According to the WHO website, uh, ways were sought to shorten the time between the emergence of a pandemic virus and the availability of a safe and effective vaccine. One such method used in Europe is to conduct advanced studies using a mock-up vaccine that contains an active ingredient for an influential virus that has not circulated recently in human populations. When testing these mock-up vaccines, it is very possible to release the novel influential virus into the population as it is, its purpose is to mimic the novelty of a pandemic virus and greatly expedite regulatory approval. Well, now nobody can say that it's not the it is not the uh, uh, the very vaccine makers making the you know causing the causing the problem. There are other uh, co-conspirators. Yes. Uh, it says here government officials have other tricks up their sleeves to ensure these new barely tested vaccines easily make it to the market as well, such as labeling the vaccine a strain change rather than an entirely new vaccine. This method states the new vaccine has built on technology used to produce vaccines for seasonal influenza and that the change for the pandemic vaccine is similar uh, to the strain uh, change used to produce a new seasonal vaccine each flu season. In the United States, vaccine manufacturers are required to submit fewer data if they already have a licensed few vaccine and will use the same manufacturing process. Uh, using uh, a rolling review procedure, it allows manufacturers to submit sets of data for regulatory review as they become available. In other words, they're free to distribute the vaccine and then submit the safety data later on. So I'll uh, cut it off here, but it says, would you want a fast-track vaccine injected into your body? No. It says, so anytime you agree to get one, you're essentially a guinea pig. Uh, the vaccine manufacturer, GlaxoSmithKline, has actually stated, uh, clinical trials will be limited due to the need to provide this vaccine to governments as quickly as possible. Additional studies will need to be required and conducted after the vaccine is made available. I'm going to start going to one of the Mennonite herbalists if I get something wrong with me. 
Well, I can't take it. At least there seems like there'd be more morality behind that. Yeah, they don't take money. Um, if if, if something you goes know? wrong with you, at least it would be accidental. It wouldn't be intentional. It'd like be like, wow, well, I had too many too many you know pieces of natural licorice stick or something. These are the Mennonites. Yeah. Well, you know they're all in it for the money. <laughs> you know that's why they live the such money. a luxurious yeah. lifestyle is yeah. because they're just making big money like these uh, pharmaceutical. Companies. So anyway, yeah. there's more there, but we've got. Uh, about two minutes. Okay. You got anything a little less under than two? All right, here we go. Pretty relaxing. Russia's security forces in North Caucasus region are running death squads whose brutal tactics, tactics in combating an Islamist insurgency are fueling a new civil war, leading rights groups said on Wednesday. We can describe their method as death squads. We shouldn't be afraid of using this term because they kill civilians and push the Caucasus towards roar, war. Prominent activist Lev Ponomarov who heads the Organization for Human Rights, told journalists in Moscow. The recent events in North Caucasus show that the policy of the Russian authorities is at a dead end. Russian rights group Memorial, which tracks kidnappings in the turbulent Caucasus, said Wednesday's press conference to raise alarm over this rise of this year's in such cases, which the group blames on federal security forces. Awesome. Hmm. Death squads are an illegal method. Since 2000, Memorial has been tracking such methods. Illegal prisons, torture extrajudicial executions says said memorials alexander uh Cherkasov. Mm-hmm. that one almost didn't <laughs> come out right yeah according to their tally 79 people were victims of kidnapping so far in 2009 in chechnya the site of two bloody separatist wars after the 91 collapse of the soviet union after two years of some sort in co- of common chechnya they have a new wave of suicide bombings kidnappings and murders uh we've gone three years backwards Neighboring Dagestan, a new flashpoint in the North Caucasus, had seen 25 kidnappings just since February by Memorial's count, and in 12 of those cases, the victims were murdered. Wow. I'm so, up- I'm so glad we went over there to calm things down Pretty uplifting, years ago. Huh? Yeah. Well, uh, this has been a classic Tomorrow's Tremors, but it wouldn't be the same if we didn't have Merv come in and tell you how you can contact us here at FutureQuake. FutureQuake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or Internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Okay, we've got to say goodbye. All right, say goodbye then. Good uh, tremor. Yeah, we tremored out. Come back for a fantastic guest next week. We think you're really going to enjoy it. But till then, we hope your future is always bright. Have a good day. Bye. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. Quake, quake, quake.